is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Hustler Remo with you for the next couple hours. Another big win for the Jets last night. They hit the road to finish out the pre-Christmas schedule tomorrow night in Beantown against the league-leading Boston Bruins and then finish it up with the Washington Capitals on Friday night. Uh, we'll get into last night's uh, beatdown of the Ottawa Senators, although it wasn't maybe exactly the way the score would indicate, and we'll hear from Rick Bonus on that in just a few minutes. Really looking forward to having John Shannon jump on the program coming up uh, first up today. John, of course, longtime executive director of Hockey Night in Canada, now a hockey analyst for uh, both Sportsnet and, of course, CJOB. Um, and I've had a great chance to uh, talk with John a few times on Jets pregame shows. And John's also got a book uh, out right now, which might make a great uh, stocking stuffer. So uh, we'll talk to John about that. The book's Evolve or Die, Hard-Won Lessons from a Hockey Life. Um, so really looking forward to that. And John's very plugged in for the Winnipeg Jets. So we'll chop it up with John. And then Murata Tesh of The Athletic will pump on the program one more time before Christmas. Looking forward to having Murata on. And I was thinking yesterday, it has been way too long since we've had Jeff Feinberg on. Um, announcement with the Masters, allowing some live players, but I think the majority of our conversation will be uh, looking ahead to the weekend in the National Football League. And of course, folks, you know what it is. Marbles today. 2.45 registration will open. Another qualifying race today. Just three more in the Tournament of Champions brought to you by Consolidated Supply. Today, tomorrow, Friday, and of course, next Friday will be the championship race where we'll be giving away Winnipeg Blue Bomber season tickets. Hey, uh, just before we bring Michael Remus in, I got to give a big thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, including Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and our friends over at Not Auto Corp. Uh, Victory Wednesday on WST. Let's get Remus in here and uh, get after it. What's going on? Yes, Victory Wednesday. In a great mood after that game last night, Hustler. Um, Got to be honest, going in, I was nervous. Someone tweeted at me, you, you know, a Sens fans, like, what do you think? Who I saw Bobby Ryan said the Sens were going to win. And I was like, well, I mean, I know the Jets are in a tough spot here. No hellbuck. The flu is going through the team. The schedule they've been talking about. You even dropped time zones time in that zones. tweet. I saw it. Injuries, Schmidt and Wheeler. How about, did I mention fatigue from all the, the games and the schedule and the travel? Still thought the Jets were going to take it. I was nervous. But, man... Um, they've just find ways to win over and over again. They're beating the teams they should beat. And guys are coming in, stepping into the lineup like Steny, getting the, on the board right away, who Bones seems to really like him. And how about uh, Big Save Dave? I think Big Save Dave is back. Us, um, Big Save Dave is absolutely back. And I'm starting to think Wade Flaherty is the goalie whisperer. And we're not talking about it because these backups come in here, have a great season, Get paid like uh, Brossois in Vegas, who had a great, you know, great, uh, I think it was a couple of years here. Uh, Eric Comrie went to Buffalo. 
And now here we are again with Big Save Dave. And I think it was 34 of 35 yesterday. Uh, got off to a rocky start um, in the first game. I think a lot of it was the team in front of him. But here we are in December in four games. 9-2-4 save percentage, 232 goals against. So this is what you want from your backup Tandy. And I think the team has confidence in him. And uh, he's played well the last two here. What a What a start to the month for him. I had absolute deja vu after that first game against Vegas for Big Save Dave mm -hmm. to last year with Eric Comrie. And you will recall on this program, I told everyone that was freaking out after one game to pump the brakes and to give the guy a chance. In fact, with Comrie, people were saying that he wasn't an NHL goalie before the season even started and that the team was screwed and they were going to lose every start with him. And by the end of the year, those same people were going, Hellebuck's playing too much. We've got to get Comrie more starts. There was a massive overreaction to one period by a good portion of Jet fans to, uh, to, to Dave Riddich's start with the Winnipeg Jets. And if you think back to that game against the Vegas Golden Knights, it was four goals in the first period. First two went in. The third one was like a clearing pass that went off Dave's skate and into the net. Ugly one. And followed that up by basically passing it right to Jack Eichel in the slot who roofed it and it was 4 nothing, and that was it. If you recall that game, though, to the Jets' credit, I remember Nate Schmidt talking about it after the game, saying, hey, you know, we can't start like that, but, you know, we're going to push through this. And they did play much better. They got a couple goals. Dave started making some saves. And really, from that game, it's amazing, Remo, considering that he hasn't played a ton, that his numbers are what you just read out, considering how far in the hole he was right off the bat in game number one. But Davidich has been everything the Jets could have wanted and more. And for a cheap veteran backup goaltender signing, um, this has been money well spent. And I have to laugh. And listen, I'm somewhat guilty of it as well. We were really expecting some big changes and some big moves last offseason. But the very underwhelming signings, Kevin Stenland, we all remember the Stenny and the Jets uh, tweet that we had a laugh about. He's been awesome, and I think he continues to cement his spot on the roster, at least, if not in the top 12. And Dave Reddick has been uh, has been money well spent right now. And, man, that was a time where they really needed him because they weren't planning on having him start. That was a Connor Hellebuck game after David played the last game in Seattle. Hellebuck wasn't good to go. Big save Dave to the rescue last night. And they really needed him, especially in the first period where Ottawa put a lot of rubber on the Winnipeg net. The Jets were the ones to beat Camp Talbot, though, and uh, Riddick was a huge part of that. He got the third star of last night's game. I know Kyle Connor had two goals, and Josh Morrissey continues his Norrissey-esque season. Um, but I would have had no issue if Dave Riddick was even higher I was hoping he might be number one to see whether he would pull a Connor Hellebuck riding the stick move or something like that. Dave has been known for some big celebrations in the past, in particular in the Battle of Alberta, if you will, throwing his stick after winning the shootout against the Oilers back in the day. Although that wasn't a harbinger of good things to come for he or the Flames at that time. Yeah, I mean, he's been good. Morrissey continues to be dominant. Kyle Connor uh, continuing. I mean, Kyle Connor, talk, we talked about his slow start. 34 points in his last 23 games, 14 goals. I mean, Pierre Luc Dubois, we can go on and on. Everyone seems to be having a career here. And look, the Jets didn't have their A game in the first period. 
but they're look, their goalie has made the saves and the other goalie, you know, other goalies haven't. You've seen the difference what good goaltending can make with the Jets all season. Where you have these squeakers or like that Sam Gagne uh, shotting that's not going in on the Jets, and he managed to uh, continue to have success with uh, Dubois and Connor yesterday. Um, I mean, what can you say? That even when they're not at their best, they figure out how to win it, and it kind of reminds me almost of the Bombers in that way, except. Oh. except for the except for I the great cup the bombers kept finding ways to win uh when not when not at their best but uh what a what a role here they're on and how about josh morrissey um look at this you know him and kyle connor 10 game point streak but morrissey morrissey has a 10 game assist streak and the nhl putting this out he has the longest assist streak by a defenseman in the nhl since 86 87 at 10 games um, oh wait, I sorry. Josie from last year, but I oh, mean, wait, Josie Maca- last year was. Yeah, Mac- yeah I'm sorry, Mac- they, sorry, Makar is up there with 13, but still second most with tied with Yossi at 10. I mean, other defensemen with 10 game assist streaks: Ray Bork, Sergei Gonchar, Al McKinnis, Gary Galley, Phil Housley, Brian Leach, like all time defensemen. This guy's having an amazing, amazing season. You know, while you're there, why don't you just pull up the NHL's uh, NHL site on Twitter? Go to at NHL. Check out check out the banner. Show that for folks, and I'll describe it for the podcast listeners once you get up. But uh, yes, of course, the National Hockey League verified account at NHL. The avatar still the league logo, but but your banner <laughs> what is our guy? How did Morrissey that happen? himself, Josh Morrissey? Hey. Just showing a little love to uh, a guy that has been one of the best players in the league all season long. Yeah, it's amazing, Hustler. You look at look at uh, defenseman has points like assists or even league assists. I mean, he's at the top. Uh, I think he's what is he just behind Carlson for defenseman assists and fourth in the league, as we mentioned mentioned that yesterday. But I mean, absolutely incredible the season that this guy is having. He uh, he has been, as you said, 32 assists in 32 games. Morrissey right now is second in defenseman scoring. Four points back of Eric Carlson. Carlson's having a great bounce back year. 34 games, so he has played two more games than Morrissey. Uh, 12 goals, 30 assists for 42 points. Rasmus Dahlin for Buffalo, for a team that scores a million goals. 37 points, one back of Morrissey. Adam Fox at 34. Kale McCarr's missed a few games. He's at 24 games, as is Adam Fox, actually, with 28 points. Um, last night was another example, though. Josh Morris, he was on for pretty much all the goals. I think he was plus four last night. And, I mean, he... And, and can we... Let's just talk about the move that he made last night. Because as much as it's great to get the assists and he had the goal and... The move that he made, and I don't know whether we want to call it, I mean, it was sort of a very, it was like a high-speed spinorama, if mm-hmm. you will. A a quick stop and pivot into basically a 360, leaving whoever it was in the dust last night. Like, I, I just, my jaw was dropped, and I, I said to the my, my pal that I was watching the game with, the confidence level that Josh Morrissey's playing with right now is beyond anything we've seen before from him, and... It continues to grow game after game after game, Raymond. Man, it's exciting. We've talked so much about this defense core, and there are some other areas that the defense will get to, including Billy Hanel's reemergence into the lineup last night in a bit. 
But man, when you got a horse playing like Josh Morrissey is right now, it impacts your game in so many different ways and rises the tide of, I think, the entire team. And uh, it's certainly, there's been some great stories in Winnipeg this year, but Josh Morrissey's emergence in his play so far through 32 games has to be right at or near the top of the list along with Rick Bonus. Yeah, sir. I misspoke sixth longest assist streak by a defenseman since 86, 87. I got, I got ahead of myself there. He's already hit a career high in points, Hust, uh, 38 points. In 32 games. His career, other career high, 37 in 79 games last year. I mean, he's, again, among the uh, second in defenseman in points, top in assists, fourth in NHL in assists. And I agree with you. He's doing stuff when he has the puck that maybe you didn't think he was capable of, and he's showing that he is on another level on that. Yes, that spinorama, I don't know, what or whatever it was. He's finding ways to create room, make passes. Um, it's been amazing to watch, and... I mean, what an what an emergence from him, and I mean, even one other guy too, us who's having a great season. Uh, very, and it's kind of like in the shadow of Honor and Morrissey and Hellback as Pierre Luc Dubois, third game in a row, multiple points. He's now 16th in the NHL with 37 points. I mean, how many guys does this team have who are point per game, and they just find ways to keep winning? They're beating the game, the teams that they should beat, and uh, two tough ones, uh, Thursday, Friday. Uh, Boston and Washington, but it does. It, but Connor Helba called or texted bonus said he'll be ready and he's traveling with the team. And uh, I'm not sure what, how they're going to do it. Do they give him an extra day's rest against Boston and play him Friday, or do they go with him in the first game of the back to back? Uh, oh, I think they play traveling. him against Boston. Hellebuck's going to want to get back in there. There's no doubt about that. He hasn't played the last two games. What is interesting though, if he has a great game, and dare I say, I mean, we can hope that. The Jets come out with a result in Boston. Do they throw him back in against Washington, knowing that you've got the next three days off for the Christmas holidays and he hadn't played since Saturday? I think that the way Big Save Dave played last night and Sunday, for that matter, I think they'd be very confident to throw him in on uh, uh, against Washington because, of course, it's right back at it with games on the 27th against Minnesota. The 29th is a home game. It's escaping me who uh, who the Jets play that day, Reem. Minnesota? And, what, Vancouver on the 29th? Oh, Vancouver. That's right. Vancouver on the Thursday. And then in Edmonton on New Year's Eve. Oh, nice. So there's a lot of hockey coming right out of the break as well. Um, but here, let's get to the why not question of the day while we're talking about Josh Morrissey. And I'm looking forward to hitting both John Shannon with this as well as Murata Tesh. But for you all in the chat and for anyone listening on the podcast, you can always uh, tweet us your thoughts on the not question of the day at Sports Talk WPG or hit us up afterwards. Pop into YouTube and let us know in the comments if you're watching afterwards. Which Winnipeg Jet is most likely to win season hardware this year to win a trophy? Is it Josh Morrissey with the Norris? Is it Connor Hellebuck with the Vesna, and dare we say should be in the mix for the heart? I think the Vesna is far more likely. Or is it Rick Bonus for the Jack Adams? I listened to Rennie last night, and I'm pretty sure I don't know whether they got to the got to the um, coaching conversation, but I think we can all agree that Rick Bonus should absolutely be right at or near the top of the list for that award. I think he's got both Hellebuck and Norrissey winning trophies right now. I mean that's. We've never had one before last year, and Kyle Connor won the Lady Bing, at least of the 2.0 year. Of course, Dale Howarchuk won the Calder. 
But it is pretty wild to be on this show, Remo, talking day after day, a legitimate conversations about members of the Winnipeg Jets that are at or near the top in their respective positions. And I think you can make a case for every one of those three guys I just mentioned. Okay, I put on... Um... I put out the poll there for the chat so you can vote. And I think we had this conversation like a month ago or a month and a half ago. And, you know, Josh Morrissey, we were kind of, I don't know if we were like joking, but you thought, yeah, he's playing well. He could definitely be a candidate. You started calling him Norrissey, but this Norrissey nickname is definitely for real. He's playing like one of the top defensemen in the league. And if he plays a full season, um, could, de- could for sure be a finalist and has a good chance if he's going to be up there among the leaders in the league. And among defensemen and points and assists, um, Rick Bonus, it's a pretty easy case. I mean, this team was a huge disappointment last year. Didn't make the playoffs. Now they're in first place. You look at other candidates, uh, Lindy Ruff in New Jersey. They've kind of, you know, in their last 10, they've kind of fallen off 3-5-2 and two in their last 10. And they lost to Carol- Carolina last night, almost got shut out. And I think Bruce Cassie in Vegas. But everyone knew Vegas had a good team last year. They just had everyone everyone injured, and Vegas is in first in the Pacific. So I think Rick Bonus very good chance at the Jack Adams, and Connor Hellebuck. It's probably him and and Sorokin. Or is Vimelka making a push there <laughs> with a goal saved above expected? I think Vimel. Watch out for Vimelka. He's good. Hey, so, we, uh, we we've said he's the second best goalie in the league behind our guy yeah, here. And, so uh, I maybe yeah, it's just I, because we've seen what he does to the Jets, and he's done it to the Leafs as well. It's a very important team to Stone if you want to get into get some little recognition outside. But as far as Morrissey goes, and his recognition, and the nickname Norrissey, it is taking on a life of its own. I saw Jay Onrate tweeting about that yesterday. Uh, I was on dropping the name with Dennis Bernstein on Sirius XM NHL radio on the weekend. And uh, more and more people are paying attention to what's going on here in Winnipeg, especially with the Jets. Has to be all-star defenseman Josh Morrissey in the season that he's had so far. Um, John Shannon is going to come, uh, is going to join us in a few minutes. But before we do this, Remo, let's hear a little bit of Bones. Um, we won't play it all right now. We'll probably have a little bit before Marat, particularly on uh, we'll maybe talk a little bit more about Philly Hainala with Marat. Uh, but let's get to number one right off the bat because Bones in typical Bones fashion did not sugarcoat the entire game because of what the scoreboard said. Uh, here was his analysis of what he saw from his hockey team last night beating the Ottawa Senators. No, we didn't like the first period at all. and we, we, The discussion was, let's not be fooled by the score. And don't be fooled by the score. We didn't like our first at all. Um, just unnecessary turnovers. In even the whole game, for me, it's ridiculous how many unnecessary shots we give up just because of our puck management through the whole game. But listen, we love the two points. We needed the win. We got it. Uh, we got away with things tonight that we will not get away with Thursday and Friday. Um, but. We, we made the most of our opportunities. We got some big saves when we needed them. Um, and we, we play, at times we played very smart, and at times we just played very loose. All right, so there was Rick Bonus uh, after last night's game. And, uh, you know, wasn't entirely pleased, I think, to say the least, with the way that his team um, came out. And it's interesting what he had to say after the first period. I believe something on the lines of don't let the scoreboard fool you. Um, but from there on in, the Winnipeg Jets really took over that hockey game. Yeah, I mean, they they didn't like their first period, Huss, and they came and said as much. 
and you know really brought it uh in the second there and look they know when they're playing well when they're not and they're not afraid to have these open conversations saying hey you know yeah we're leading here after one but uh we got a lot a lot more to give here and they stepped it up in the second you know maybe took their foot off the gas a little in the third and score effects uh played a part but they're able to lock it down and you know not let um not let ottawa get back in it because we have seen you know the jets have a lead in the third and the other team, you know, Carolina scores a couple empty net goals, and all of a sudden they're back in the game. I don't remember that at all. Did that even yeah. happen this year? That's a ancient history, yeah. Reem. Ancient how, history. How about this note um, about the Jets in the third period, Hus? Um, 0.88 goals against average in the third period. That is the sixth lowest in the NHL. So the Jets doing a great job. Yeah, that's even with that one game, Hus, where they allowed all the goals, where uh, Carolina had the, yeah. had the goals, uh, had the goalie pulled. So. I mean, they shut it down, didn't let him, uh, you know, didn't let him get back in it and uh, walked away with the two points, which they need. They got a tough schedule, really tough schedule, Huss. It's a yeah, big, big meat grinder here in December. Big meat grinder. We've talked a lot about that, but um, man, it's been impressive to see how the survival. I'm looking forward to hearing what John ha Shannon has to say about last night's game and the Jets so far. Of course, he's done great work following the club and contributing over on CGOB. And we'll tell you about his new book uh, as well. Um, just before we do that, Folks, the holidays are here, and we all know how important it is to give back in and around the holidays. And there's so many individuals in our community that are doing exactly that, donating their time, their resources to helping those in need. Now, the Unsung Hero program we're doing with Josh Morrissey and Wallace and Wallace is not specific to the holidays. But I think in December, this is a perfect time to let us know about some of the uh, the unsung hero in your community and in your life that's doing their part to make Christmas a little brighter for people around this time of year. What we need from you is to send us an email, unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. Let us know about how this person in your life is maybe going about their business helping others. Of course, we've got an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey we'll be giving away in early January to our December winner of the Unsung Hero Award. And Wallace and Wallace is going to donate $500 in the name of the Winnipeg Sports Talk nominator to the Dream Factory. And Josh and Margot Morrissey are going to match that. So $1,000 to a great charity. And we'll be able to tell the story of someone making a difference at this time of the year. So send us those emails. Get them in if you can over the course of the next week. Unsung hero at winnipegsportstalk.com. And a huge thanks to our friends at Wallace and Wallace for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And, of course, this program with the Dream Factory and Josh Morrissey. We mentioned Consolidated Supply. Folks, if you're thinking about a hot tub for 2023, give Spicy and Joe a call down or pop down and see him at 1395 Niaqua Road East. Maybe you want a tricked-out golf cart. Maybe you just want to start envisioning the snow to be gone and taking care of that great new project you've got. Maybe an outdoor kitchen, adding a hot tub. They've got it all at Consolidated Supply. Not to mention Winnipeg's best selection and your first choice for small engine parts. Um, CTE.ca is their new website. And, of course, they are providing the 2023 Bomber Season tickets that will be given away a week Friday in the finals of the Marbles Tournament of Champions. So make sure to join us then for that. Um, hey, with the holidays here, gang, you can support local for the holidays at Vita Health Fresh Market. Give the gift of health with a Vita gift card, some essential oils, candles, bath bombs, chocolates, and so much more. 
And of course, you'll be supporting a great local company, family owned and operated since 1936, with Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products too. You could also stock up on some of your favorite holiday food items like stuffing, cranberry sauce, non-alcoholic wines and drinks, plant-based turkey options for more. And you can also get great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries at any of the seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. All right. Really looking forward to this next conversation, folks. Uh, we'll hit the Jets, but we'll also talk about some of the big stories around the National Hockey League, as well as the book Evolve or Die, Hard-Won Lessons from a Hockey Life. Let's welcome in longtime Canadian sportscaster, producer, and former HNIC panelist, John Shannon. John, best of the season to you, and thanks so much for joining us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. How are you? Yeah, Andrew, I'm great. Merry Christmas. Looking forward to it, and uh, looking forward to the Jets season. It's been fun to watch so far. Has it ever? Um, you know, you know, we do this every day, John, talking with Jet fans and the guys coming in. The end. Listen, I think for obvious reasons, there was a lot of well there was some pessimism around this fan base considering what happened last season um uh, there was there was a lot of people that had sort of checked out um mm -hmm. which was i think scary to the organization needless to say many of them are back now and it seemingly has all started with rick bonus but i mean you've been around the game for so long taking a step back but following the game as closely as you have especially with this team how would you categorize the turnaround from the way last season ended for this Winnipeg Jets to where we talk, to where we stand today with this team battling for first place in the Central Division? Oh, I don't think anybody could have predicted this. Uh, you know, as much as we think that uh, Rick was is a great coach, um, and we all know he wasn't first choice. Let's be honest, and uh, he, he's he's well aware of that too. When you think that Barry Trotz was supposed to be the guy to to resurrect the franchise. And you're right, the fans had checked out. You know, if I had told you, gosh, middle of July, that they would be standing and cheering Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler the way they were criticizing them all last summer, you would have told me I was full of something. And and it's it truly, Andrew, I think this is one of the top three stories in the National Hockey League. It just so happens it's 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 being created in one of the smallest markets in the NHL. Probably doesn't get the attention it deserves, but the Winnipeg Jets are one of the top three stories in the NHL for this season. There's no doubt about it. How um how well did you know uh, Bones before uh, like you know through your crossing paths over the years and and what did you think about Rick Bonus and his ability to come in and what is in all likelihood his final stop as a head coach in the National Hockey League and and create the change that this team obviously needed coming out of last season. The one thing I, I know about Rick, I'm never going to say it's his last of anything because <laughs> because he, he he will surprise us all. Well, I've known Rick since he played. You know, one of my first jobs way back when uh, was to produce Winnipeg Jets Hockey 1.0. I was in Pittsburgh that first night in October of 1979, uh, sitting with John Ferguson and uh, and the crew with, uh, at that point. So, um, and then I remember I was teasing Rick uh, when he got this job. I said, are you going to wear that leather jacket that you wore behind the bench when you and Tommy were back there? And he was the assistant coach for Tom McVie. Uh, I've followed his journeys in every city, whether it's Boston or Long Island or Tampa or Arizona. 
Uh, he and I have been uh, great friends for a long period of time, and he's one of those people that uh, I think when you consider the length of time we've all been in the game, he's he's the type of guy that you that gives you the reason to stay in the game. He is such a good person. Uh, I got to know his son Ryan now, who's got his own uh, career path in the National Hockey League as assistant general manager in Ottawa now. So. I'm, I I view Vic as a very Rick as a very good friend, and uh, I'm I'm thrilled for him the achievement he's made in his return to Winnipeg. You know, it, it, you mentioned Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler, and I am absolutely with you. Um, listen, I I we spent a lot of time talking about what Mark Shifley had to say at the end of last season. I think there were very legitimate questions as to whether he would be even be a Winnipeg Jet at the beginning of the season. Um, the way he has come back and embraced everything that Rick Bonus has you know his the marching orders if you will from the new coach has been a huge part of it but i mean i i have to ask your perspective on rick's first act taking the captaincy away from blake wheeler announcing that this was going to be a group effort and the way blake wheeler has responded to it with another phenomenal season and being so important when a lot of people had written him off i mean i don't know about you john i kind of thought that this could go one of two ways it's not an easy, it's not an easy way to start it off with the new head coach for that to be the case, and um, it really seems like it's all come together and maybe even beyond the best case scenario. Well, I was one of those guys that was trying to do the math to think if the Jets could buy Wheeler out last summer, if it made sense for them to buy him out uh, with a cash crunch or an, and a cap crunch. Um, I still thought at that point it might have made sense, but you know, twenty twenty hindsight, uh, it was a brilliant move not to, uh, and uh, a brilliant move to to tell the club, to tell the fan base that there is a new leadership group. You know, they did a lot of soul searching, and you were you you witnessed it much closer than I did, Andrew. Uh, when the players came out at the end of the season, whether it be Kyle Connor or Nick Ehlers. Oh. Even Paul Stastny, when he was there, and talked about you know there's there's need for culture change, uh, and I, I think quite frankly I think Rick heard that I think he heard it loud and clear from lots of people, um, and then uh, as a guy who's almost Rick's age, when you get older, you just say what you want to say, you don't have to worry about diplomacy, and I think that's really played into Rick's advantage, that he can walk in and say listen, this is the way it's going. We're not happy. We're going to fix it. I think the other one uh, moment, particularly in the preseason, Andrew, that changed it for me was the night in a post-game press conference, he talked a lot about players playing the shifts far too long. Uh, and this was a message for, and all you had to do was go into the stats page and go and look at Jets' time on ice and see Wheeler, 114, Shifley, 121, there were a couple of other guys a little higher than they should be. He wants 45 to 50 second shifts. And, and you know, you better listen to that. And that to me was, he wasn't pointing fingers directly at them. He wasn't embarrassing them, but he was calling them out. And I think that that was really important because they knew that he, he, was, he was different. Uh, and he had an agenda that was going to win for everybody. Uh, and I think from that point on, it's been one of the great stories of of the league. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's hard not to sometimes get into these conversations about everything Rick Bonus has done, without sort of comparing them to the long Paul Maurice era and the differences. 
But I will say this, the one word that we talked about this team needing more than anything at the end of last year was collective accountability. Mm -hmm. I think he has established that really from day one, even in the preseason with that great example you just made about the shift length, which was directly targeted at star players. Everyone that, as you mentioned, could read the game sheet could know. But on top of that, the frank honesty with the way he obviously deals with the players because he comes out and tells us the same thing. He says, don't worry, they've all heard this already. Um, yeah. Even after wins, like last night, he did not like the first period. It was pretty clear, and he told the guys as much, don't let the scoreboard fool you after the first period. Um, these messages have resonated, and wow, it has just been phenomenal to see how much he's been able to get out of this club that I think everyone realized had way more talent than they showed on the ice last year. And and certainly it is not a knock at what Paul did at all, because but but Paul realized it that that moment that he walked into the press conference to announce that he was stepping down was because they he knew they needed a new voice, he knew they needed to hear different things. Um, this has been one of the best teams in the NHL on paper for a long time, Andrew. A long time. And it has not reflected on the ice what we thought on the paper. This was a big team of big names, you know, and, and I'm sure guys like Dustin Bufflin aren't there anymore. But, you know, this is this is a team that's got a Vezina Trophy winner. It's got a high draft pick, a guy that's not getting enough attention for in the Norris Trophy discussions as the best defenseman. It's got a top six forward group that is as good as any in the NHL. Now, on paper... They look great. Now they have a chance to prove it, and they are proving it on the ice. You mentioned Josh Morrissey. I mean, he I don't want to say he's been a revelation, John, because I think anyone that's watched this team knows how good he is and has been at times in the past. But the way he's raised his game to a whole nother level, especially offensively, mm -hmm. and the work he's given Rick Bonus in both ends has been, well, it's opening some eyes. It sparked the nickname Norrissey. Everyone's having a lot of fun with it, but... Um, what have you seen from Josh and the way he's elevated his game and the way he's sort of taken all the challenges of being more engaged? Rick Bonus said, we got 20 goals from the defense last year. That wasn't enough. Our D are coming. I don't know if there's a better example of that than what Josh is doing, and he's been handling his own end as well. Well, uh, I, I see swagger. I see confidence. Uh, you, you know, that goal he scored last night, uh, the one move and, you know, pick the corner. Uh, the slap pass pass that he's used the last couple of games to to set guys up, whether it be Shifley or someone else for a goal. Um, there is an air of confidence in, in, in Morrissey that, quite frankly, the last time I saw it was in junior hockey in Kelowna. Um, you know, and I'm going to ask you, Andrew, I mean, the last two or three years, Morrissey leveled off. There was an expectation. You know, when we talked about an Olympic team, in 2018, Josh Morrissey was supposed to be on that Olympic team. And then what happened in 19 and 20 and, 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 and 21? Uh, he leveled off. And what's happening now is that we're that growth, the growth in his game and his confidence and his swagger, uh, quite frankly, has returned and, and the Jets are better for it. Well, and it's funny you bring that up, John, because I think in a lot of ways, this goes back to Rick Bonus. This goes back to the systems that he's been implementing. It goes back to getting the forwards to buy in on a five-man unit defending and and being there for their teammates. 
to be honest. And Nate Schmidt, I think, at the beginning of last year was in the same situation. These guys have offensive talent. They would see an opportunity. But more often than not, if it didn't go well in the offensive end, they didn't have it properly covered back. And there was another two or three on one on Connor Hellebuck. And you do that often enough, you end up on the wrong side of it. And they did. And, you know, the way that the forwards have bought into covering for these guys and really mm. giving giving that defense core the opportunity to be as aggressive as the coaches have wanted them to um, has borne out in the scoreboard right now. And especially when you look at the... Uh, the scoring leaders. Let me ask you this, John, because we've talked so much about Rick Bonus for obvious reasons. I think he should be at, if not near, the top of the Jack Adams tr- uh, conversation. Josh Morrissey's certainly in the Norris conversation. And then you've got Connor Hellebuck. We were kicking it around. We've got a pull up in the chat right now. Which of those three Winnipeg Jets is most likely to win a trophy at the end of the season in your mind? Uh, I suspect it's Connor. Um, and I, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't discount Rick. And one of the reasons I would say that is, you know, uh, there's a different voting group for the coach of the year than there is for the Vezina. And so the broadcasters, I, I think will be well enough informed about, uh, the growth of this team, uh, in the regular season, uh, to vote for Rick and, and, uh, you know, the, the general managers will be smart enough to see what Connor Hallebuck has meant to this hockey club. It, it, I mean, in, it, everything we've talked about, and Morrissey being good, Shifley being good, playing with confidence, five-man units, is all predicated on good goaltending. And Connor Hallebuck has, has given them the good goaltending. And, you know, last night's a good example that when you are forced to put David Riddick in, you, you, you need to get, you need to get wins out of him too. And, I was a doubting Thomas when they signed him because uh, I was disappointed that Eric Comrie got let go. Um, and, you know, David's doing his job right now. Big save Dave is coming through for the team right now, and that's a positive. Yeah, I mean, he had that one we kind of were talking about at the beginning of the show, that one ugly first period in Vegas where four goals went in. Well, I remember that, that was a back-to-back. That was a back-to-back from Colorado <laughs> the night before and. He wasn't the only guy that was bad that no, night in Vegas. So. The timing. But you know what? That's part of the backup job, right? I mean, you're yeah. going to get those unfortunate starts. And listen, there's a lot of people that freaked out. They battled back in that second and third period. He stepped up and, yeah. you know, he's done a great job. And here's a question. I'd be interested if this has been mentioned to you in some of your conversations about the Jets goaltending. How much credit does Wade Flaherty get? I mean, is he like a backup whisperer? The job that he did with Eric Comrie? And in a lot of ways... David Riddich looks back to like some of the best hockey that he played at a time. Let's not forget he was a starter at one point in the NHL. Yeah, he was. He was, and you know he's he's a fiery check. I remember sitting with uh, with David one day in the dressing room in Calgary, saying that you know you're the second most emotional check goalie I've ever been around. And he said, "Who's the other?" And I said, "Dom Hasek." Uh, and he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> Uh, but you know, but th- that was at a point when Riddick was, you know, doing everything after the game and celebrating. Wade Flaherty is one of those. There, listen, there are so many great secrets in Winnipeg. There really are. There are so many great secrets, uh, whether it be the arena, the fan base, Josh Morrissey. Um, Wade Flaherty is one of those great secrets in Winnipeg and has done a marvelous job. John Shannon is with us. John, before I ask you about the book, I want to ask you not about the Winnipeg Jets for a minute, but about the Buffalo Sabres. Mm. Um, And we knew they came in. I mean, Eric Comrie was there, Craig Anderson. 
they had a, a young core of players that were pretty exciting, led by Tage Thompson. He had that breakout season last year, and there were a lot of eyebrows raised when they signed him to the extension that's looking pretty damn good right now. Has there ever been a, a, a first-round pick, granted, just at the end of the first round, but a late bloomer to explode the way Tage Thompson is? I mean, he's in the mix for the Rocket Richard right now, and I had a conversation with some buddies yesterday. If you redrafted the 2016 draft right now, where he would go. I mean, I think Austin Matthews is still number one, but I think it's probably likely that Tage Thompson is number two. I mean, what have you made about the resurgence of the Sabres, but in particular, their young top center? Well, you know, just like we've talked about Rick having strong communication skills uh, with the Jets, Don Granato uh, is really good with young players. Uh, and, uh, and I think that what, what's happened in Buffalo, uh, and it's, and it's partly due to culture in, in Buffalo, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Eichel trade in many ways was the watershed moment. Uh, the black cloud was lifted and Jack in the end, obviously did not want to be there. Alex Tuck came back there and was almost in tears that he got to wear the sweater of his boyhood team. And then it became almost... I'm I'm going to stretch it a bit. It became almost chic in Western New York to be a Buffalo Sabre. It became, well, that's cool. I like to be a Sabre too. Then Kevin Adams has drafted well too. You know, the, you know, and by the way, we better give Jason Botterill credit for the Tage Thompson trade, you know, because it was, it was Jason Botterill that was forced to trade Ryan O'Reilly uh, and, and got Thompson in the deal. Um. And 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 then on top of what Kevin has done, you know, they drafted Owen Power. We 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 think we know what Owen Power is going to be. Rasmus Dahlin has become what Rasmus Dahlin was supposed to. Uh, and they were smart enough to go and sign Eric Comrie, albeit that he's hurt now. And they're getting they're actually getting better goaltending uh, than I think a lot of people thought they would with Craig Anderson and I'm only going to say his last name because I trip up all the time with Lukanen in net. Um, and, and so they, they've been a really, they've been a really nice story. Are they going to make the playoffs? No, they're not, but they're going in the right direction finally. And people in Western New York are absolutely thrilled about it. And they're, they're a fun team to watch. And Thompson's a big reason. I, I can't imagine being six foot seven and be able to stick handle in a phone booth and do what he does. I mean, I'd, I'd be, I'd love to know what the lie of his stick is, to be honest. (laughs) Uh, John, you mentioned the playoffs, and right now in the East, there's only the three teams, those top teams in the Atlantic, and you've got both wild cards coming from the Metropolitan right now. Are the Florida Panthers going to make the playoffs? Uh, I, I have my doubts about Florida. I have my doubts about Washington. And, uh, you know, before the season started, I think a lot of people probably had Washington on their list, and they probably had Boston on that list. And so we're 50% either 50% yeah. right or 50% wrong. Florida's in tough. Uh, if Florida is in tough, they, you know, uh, they've got too much money invested in goaltending more than any other team in the league, over $13 million. Um, and, you know, and their their $10 million guy isn't the number one goalie right now. <laughs> if, you know, if Paul is forced to put the, his best goalie on the ice at this point, it's Spencer Knight. And Spencer Knight has struggled a little bit in the last couple of games. And now the Boston Bruins are uh, the next opponent. Um, Just before we talk about this book coming up, 25-4-2. They've been missing Jeremy Swayman for a good portion. It's been Allmark that's now in the Vesna conversation along with our guy Connor Hellebuck. Um, 
I mean, we talk a lot about Jim, uh, about Rick Bonus. Jim Montgomery's done a hell of a job, and this is a team. Is this a last hurrah for this group? Or, um, I mean, <laughs> listen, if they're the top team in the league right now, I mean, you would think that, but it's it's wild. I mean, getting Krejci back, I, how have they done this, and how surprised are you that we're talking about the Boston Bruins as the standard right now heading into Christmas in this league? Uh, there's a couple of things I think that stand out. First of all, Montgomery's one of those guys that has a great approach with young players as well. And then, and let's face it, Andrew, this is a young players league now. This is not a veteran players league. This is, you know, you got to make sure you have a, a good mix of players, veteran players, but guys on entry level deals. So they're younger and they're learning. They're still learning how to play the NHL game. Uh, Jake DeBrusque has been reinvented, playing with Marshan and Bergeron. And after his demands to be traded when Bruce Cassidy was the coach because he thought Cassidy didn't like him. And I'll tell you what, Hampus Lindholm is a stud. And, you know, lots of people didn't hear of Lindholm very much when he played in Anaheim. But Hampus Lindholm does amazing things for the Boston Bruins on defense. And he was doing them all that time before Charlie McAvoy came back. And they, so they've got solid goaltending. They've got good, two really, really strong defensemen. And they've got depth at forward. And people are having fun going to games. And that's really important. And Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall, for all his foibles, Taylor Hall has become the perfect third-line forward. And I don't think I'd ever been able to say that before in my life. Taylor Hall's playing the game he should be playing as a third liner and on the second power play. Hey, you know what? You got to get a player like that that's had the success that he's had to buy into it. They've obviously got it. And uh, what a luxury to have a player like that. Or lack of success is really, when you think about Hall's career, with all the hype, with all the hype, he never really reached the potential of being that first overall pick. And now now there's less pressure on him to perform and he's just doing it at a perfect level and it's a really nice story yeah it's great john shannon's with us now john uh for people that don't know you have one of the most interesting resumes i would say in sports media period but certainly within the hockey world um longtime executive producer of hockey night in canada later on becoming an analyst and being in front of the camera can't imagine how many conversations you've had with people in the hockey world over the course of your career but uh it's all led to a book, Evolve or Die, Hard-Won Lessons from a Hockey Life. Uh, tell us a little bit about the idea of writing a book and what you wanted to cover in it. Folks, you can see the book right there if you're with us on YouTube. Uh, there it is. Well, um, I'll be honest. I, I didn't really want to write a book initially. Yeah, but, Andrew, you've been you've traveled. You've been around the clubs, and you've been on the road with guys. I mean, heck, I'm sure in Qatar there was a few uh, nice dinners you had. Uh, and at the end of the night, somebody would turn to you and say, you know, that was a great story. You should write a book. Uh, or, the, you know, that, you, you know, you, you put together uh, five different little vignettes and, and people laughed or people cried or people went, wow. And they said, hey, that's kind of cool. You should write a book. Well, you know, to me, writing a book was always going to be work. You know, and, and you and I have never worked a day in our lives in this industry, Andrew. You know that. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. So... It, it took it took five years for a publishing company and a, and a book agent to convince me to write a book. And uh, I did. Uh, just over two years ago, they I, they finally took me to lunch one day and said, would you would you do it? Would you do it this way? And I said, oh, you know what? OK, I was at a time in my life where I had more time. Uh, I was, you know, I was doing you know, my stuff at CGOB. Obviously, I was doing same, a similar thing in Edmonton. And doing a little bit of sports network still, plus some stuff in in Vancouver, 
And so I had time to set aside a couple of hours a day and do a thousand words a day if I if I could. Um, and then we went around the process of figuring out what the story would be about and whether because I, I didn't think just a biography of me would sell. Um, but I think uh, telling stories about the great people I have touched that have touched me uh, and those four the, in my mind, the four most famous words in Canadian sports broadcasting, I think, would drive a lot. And that's Hockey Night in Canada. And uh, I still love the show. Uh, I have loved it since I was a child. I used to pinch myself every day I worked on it. I pinched myself twice a day when I ran it. Uh, and I think there's enough that people would who have any memories of what they loved about Hockey Night, what they love about hockey. And if you're a broadcasting nerd, like we are, uh, you'll you'll enjoy it. And there's a little bit of leadership in it. There's a little bit of uh, personal reflection of learning, me learning about how to treat people and managing my life and managing my family's life that I think people can walk away and say, hey, that was a nice read. And, uh, you know, he's not a bad guy. <laughs> John Shannon's with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Evolve or Die is the book. I can't wait to dive into it for, I mean, listen, just for the hockey stories, but also you mentioned being, you know, interested in the sports media and broadcasting. Yeah, Got to ask you, as we go into 2023, it's been a crazy, well, I mean, listen, a few years, 10 years, 15 years. I mean, what do you make of the landscape of the business that you've spent your entire life in right now as we go into the new year? Well, it's different. Um, but yet again, it's not. Uh you know, there's there there are two constants in all this, Andrew. There's the games, and there's the consumer. What's really changed is that part in the middle, which is where you and I earn our livings. And to be the conduit between the event and the the fan is really what's changed. And and what's happened in in years and years of covering it is, it's it's exploded. I mean, the fact that you are doing a, you know, for the for want of a better word, a radio show on my computer now, on YouTube, uh, and people are people have access to it on a daily and regular basis, tells you that content is still there, content is still in demand, but it's just that conduit of how we watch it. I mean, look what's happened in the NFL. Amazon Prime is smack in the middle of NFL rights and paying millions and millions and millions of dollars for a Thursday night game. You know, that's going to happen in our country with hockey. That's going to happen in our country with other sports. Uh, so our world really, as much as we think it's changed, it hasn't really changed as much as as the landscape. And just it's how, how people consume it now has changed so much different. John, this was a real treat having you on the program today. I can't thank you enough. It's always a, a pleasure when I get to jump on with you and the gang over uh, talking jets on CJOB. Um, where can people get the book? Is Amazon the best spot? Is it in stores right now? I mean, uh, people want to put that under the tree. Where do they get their hands on it? It, it, it is in bookstores across the country. It is on uh, Amazon.ca. It's on uh, IndigoChapters.ca. And for, I know you have American viewers. I see the comments, Andrew. It is on Amazon.com too for our American friends. So yeah, it's uh it's been a labor of love. I actually went to a bookstore this morning and I, I, they, I was trying to make sure that they didn't move it to the fiction section. 
Um, but uh, it, 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 and uh, it's kind of, it's still kind of strange to see my name sitting there. And I was between a Ken Dryden book and a Scotty Bowman book. And I thought, man, that's kind of cool. Both time you added author to the, uh, to the CV, John. Uh, and folks, <laughs> hey, if you are in Winnipeg, you can pick it up at the McNally Robinson bookstore. We know that it is there. Beautiful. Uh, we've already had someone pick it up. John, have a wonderful Christmas. Thanks for doing this. And uh, hopefully we can get you back on sometime in the new year. And I'll look forward to chopping it up with you on the pregame show as well. You guys call uh, anytime you want and Merry Christmas to everybody. And those of you who are there lighting candles, uh, Happy Hanukkah. Thanks so much. There it is. John Shannon. Uh, of course, John. I mean, what a coup for OB to have John and his incredible knowledge and, and um, experience jumping on the uh, the postgame show uh, quite often. Uh, it's always a thrill when I get to jump on with him. And uh, that was a really, really fun conversation. Check out the book, Evolve or Die, Hard One Lessons from a Hockey Life. Uh, all right, we're going to get Murata Tesh coming up in a few minutes. Hey, uh, folks, it's freezing outside. I don't think I need to remind you, uh, but we need to acknowledge it. And if you have been crossing your fingers and saying Hail Marys every time you walk out to your car hoping that it will start, I got a better solution for you. Give Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery a call and they'll deliver you a new battery. You'll save time. You'll save money. You'll be shopping local. And you'll know for damn sure that when you're getting out at whatever time you got to go to work or take the kids to hockey, that that sucker's going to turn, it's going to warm up, and it's going to get you from point A to point B. Listen, this is the part of winter that really does suck. Uh, we're dealing with it right now. If you are wondering whether you need a new battery, you can, of course, get it tested. It's completely free. If you pop down and see the gang at 1026 Logan Avenue, they'll do it quick and easy. If you need to know one, they'll hook you up. Otherwise, if you do know that you need one, uh, you can save the gas, you can certainly save the time, and you'll get the best deal on batteries in town for your automobile or truck at Manitoba Battery. So give them a ring, pop down and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue. And you can also order them online. If they get your order by 3 p.m., they can deliver it anywhere within the city on the same day. Shout out and a happy holidays to Donnie and the gang over at Manitoba Battery. Uh, folks, I know many of you are commenting on this sweet new Winnipeg Sports Talk hat. Yeah, we did a different version. The Winnipeg Sports Talk word mark in the bomber blue and gold. And they're ready for you. They're ready for Christmas. They're available right now. The best spot to get them and the best spot to do all of your Christmas shopping for the sports fan in the family or in your circle is, of course, Royal Sports. All the new Winnipeg Sports Talk hats are there. The amazing new era WST Tukes also available, not to mention thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, including the new retro reverse jerseys, bomber gear out the yin-yang with many exclusives only available at Royal, not to mention World Cup soccer, Major League Baseball, merch from around the National Hockey League. It has to be seen to be believed. The biggest hockey selection in town of equipment sticks goalie equipment and more not to mention snowboards roller skates and an amazing yeti section so for those of you that spend a lot of time outdoors coolers campers they've got it all the best yeti section around knock them all off the list with one trip to royal sports 750 Pemina highway and make sure to follow them on instagram because uh They've got great daily story updates on merchandise drops, great holiday gift ideas, and sale information. 
And hey, as we get ready for next week, it is Boxing Day and Boxing Week. And I got to tell you, the fellas at F Apparel are ready to go all out for Boxing Week. Check out these deals beginning on Boxing Day throughout the week. All custom clothing, suits, dress shirts, etc., will be 20% off. Unbelievable deal. Off-the-rack items like sweaters, polos, and more, they've got an amazing selection of those, will be 30% off. And all accessories, guys, if you need accessories, ties, tie bars, socks, pocket squares, belts, all that stuff, 50% off. The sale runs in store and as well as online from December 26th to December 21st. And listen, there still is time to pop into 190 Smith Street downtown and grab an F Apparel gift card just in time for the holidays. And again, F, that's EPHapparel.com online. All right, let's get Rima back in here. We're going to have Michael uh, uh, Murata Tesh join us in a few minutes. What a great convo that was with John Shannon, huh? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, he spent so much time working in hockey, working at Hockey Night in Canada, and a contributor to CJOB. So uh, pretty well versed on what's going on with the Jets. And, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I had a friend said, hey, you should have John Shannon on. He's got this book out. I'm pretty interested. So definitely um, some great life experience there, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, getting into that one too. No doubt. Speaking of broadcasting, I got to give a shout-out to Ryan Moyer who's been the longtime stats guy for Winnipeg Jets hockey, spending most of his time right now in Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, but he was in town last night for the Ottawa game, doing the uh, Ottawa Sens uh, stats uh, for TSN. Um, and I got a chance to talk to John Abbott and Noodles uh, after the game as well, who, of course, John Abbott was on the show yesterday, just one of the nicest guys in the business. It was great to see him and good to talk to Jamie off air as well. Noodles being the goalie, high praise for Big Save Dave in his game last night and what he's done so far this season. Um, listen, before we get to uh, Marat Remo, I wouldn't mind cracking into a couple of these other clips yep. um, that you put together. I know we got into John a little bit early. Um, let's go right to number two uh, because as we played before bones not particularly pleased with the way the first period was played and the amount of rubber on his netminder. uh i think he thought his team came around in the second period here's what the head coach had to say about period two uh much better uh, we we did we were fine we you know uh it was a whole lot better than the first <laughs> so uh yeah, again, we, we capitalized on the chances. They just missed a lot of open nets and some danger, some dangerous areas that, anyways, we were, it just goes back to our ability to manage the puck and the unnecessary shots and unnecessary time we spend in our zone. And I've said this in training camp, we have a lot of work to do. We have, and, we, and that's, tonight shows me that we still do. And we love the two, the two points. We love that we needed the win, we got it. And let's be honest with how we played. We can play better than that. That's, that 5-1 is a whole lot different than the 5-1 in Vancouver where we played an outstanding 60 minutes. Um, but again, with everything that's been going on with the team and uh, the injuries and the travel and everything, we, we needed the win. We got it. Well, there's uh, Bones on the turnaround in the second period. And listen, I, I, I said yesterday on the program, that game yesterday from a Jet fan perspective made me really nervous. Um, a tough spot, 
talked about the schedule, how much hockey they played, the back-to-backs, a game, travel, back-to-backs again. And, of course, the Boston Bruins in their next game up. But, you know, they managed to, you know, make the most of their opportunities. And, again, David Riddick was a huge, huge part. We'll hear for, about Riddick in a moment. But um, Josh Morrissey, first star last night, is on the banner of the NHL Twitter account right now, and deservedly so. The nickname Norrissey is picking up steam. Um, his point streak continues, and uh, he's turning heads, not just here in Winnipeg, but around the league. Bones was asked to uh, talk a little bit about the hockey IQ possessed by Josh Morrissey. Was he elite, elite hockey IQ. That's what he has. Elite players are one step ahead. They, they, that's what they see. Josh has that ability with his hockey IQ. He's one step ahead of what's going to happen next. And that's why he's able to uh, read the play, break up plays. He's get there first. Uh, his gaps and all those things, it's really his ability to stay one step ahead. And he, again, any elite player in any sport has that, that high IQ for that, that sport. And he certainly has it. Yeah, well, not only with the hockey IQ, but uh, he's putting it all together right now, having one of the great seasons in the National Hockey League, regardless of position, and certainly right up near the top of the list when we're talking about candidates for the top defenseman in the league so far this season. Um, But it was big save Dave last night. He was the guy in the first period, certainly deserved to be on the podium as one of the three stars last night. Very impressive performance coming off a start where he probably could have deserved a better fate in Seattle on Sunday night. Here was uh, the head coach on Big Save Dave. Yeah, no, he's he looks very comfortable in the net. Um, again, to give Wade Flair a lot of credit because he works very hard with him. And you give David a lot of credit because he comes to the rink every day and he's ready to work. Uh, and so, and, and he is very, for a guy who didn't play much last year and didn't have a great year, for him to come to camp with the attitude and the work habits and everything else, give him a lot of credit. The guys feel very, very confident when David's in the net. And that's a compliment to him. All right, there's Bones. Rick Bonus on Big Save Dave. And um, the other guy that I think Monday we talked about Dave quite a bit with the way that he played against Seattle. And the other guy that I was mentioning on our weekly stock watch report, the guy that did the most to uh, boost his stock was Kevin Stenland. And there was Big Sten, not to be confused with Big Stan, Stenny getting the Jets on the board early in the first period. Uh, Bones with some praise for his fourth line center. Well, he has. He wins face-offs. He's big and he's strong and he's hanging on to the puck. And um, we need that fourth line needed a boost. He's given it that boost. Um, and he's a good player. He's a smart player. Um, you know, we're seeing things now that we didn't see in training camp. So compliment to him. And again, I gave, I gave Mark Morrissey and his staff a lot of credit for getting him turned around, getting his career turned around and coming up here and doing a good job for us. All right, there's uh, Rick Bonus on uh, the Moose call-up Kevin Stenland, who's uh, opened some eyes and continues to impress. There was another Moose call-up in the lineup last night, and it was Vili Hanel. And I know there was a lot of people, and Vili's a bit of a polarizing guy. There are there are Vili stands out there that, um, listen, there's a lot of big people that are big fans of Vili Hanel that are hoping for big things from him. We're disappointed that he didn't play on the weekend. Well, he got his chance last night against Ottawa, and we think he'll get his chance over the next few days. Uh, but Rick Bonus was asked by our friend Ken Weeb about what he thought about Vili Hanel's performance last night. This is what he had to say. We know Vili hadn't played since December 3rd. What did you think of his return to the lineup? Yeah, he was okay. 
did not expand very much. He was okay. We'll take that for what it's worth, and we'll see what Murata Atesh has to say from the athletic on the topic and many more who joins us now. Murat, what's up? How uh, how are you doing? I hear you were hitting the muscle relaxers last night. You hanging in there or what? Friday night. I guess this constitutes throwing out your back, but I just I've had some spasms that have kept me on the floor with the ice and the heat and the painkillers and all of that for the last little while. Stayed home, caught the game on TV from my floor last night. But we're doing okay. We're doing okay. I think this is a this is a step in the right direction today, and so happy to be here. And uh, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for toughing it out. And man, as someone that has had back issues before, there is nothing worse. So hopefully, you're feeling better real soon. By the way, great to see so many people in here, folks. Hit that thumbs up button on the YouTube if you haven't already, and if you aren't already subscribed, hit that red subscribe button. Um, Murat, I'll be honest, I was nervous about that game last night going in. Just with the amount of hockey the team had played, the teams that they played, knowing what was to come later on this week, I think it was a very important two points for the Winnipeg Jets to get. I wasn't entirely sure what we were going to see, and I think the first period had a little bit of both. Some good, resourceful, making the most of opportunities, um, and big save Dave stepping up. Rick Bonus didn't particularly like the first period and said as much after the game. And then things turned around when, you know, the team really comfortably took control of it. How did you see last night's matchup? Yeah, you know what? I I heard Rick Bonus sort of complain about the first period, so to speak. And I think Josh Morrissey also told the reporters that, you know, it really wasn't a Picasso out there. Um, for me, I thought that during the first period, if the Jets were playing against a really high-quality team, that wouldn't have gone nearly as well for them. At the same time, when Kevin Stenland scores his goal, it's two minutes into the game, and uh, you know he finishes his own rebound off of a nice pass from behind the goal line. Great fourth-line shift. Well, his goal was Winnipeg's third scoring chance from a low-to-high play two minutes into the game. So I'm talking a pass from behind the goal line into the slot area, um, and that's an area where Winnipeg was able to create against Ottawa all night. Even when the Senators adapted to it, Winnipeg was getting those plays, and you later saw Pierre-Luc Dubois set up Kyle Connor for a beauty in the exact same style. I think if Ottawa were a better team at defending the cycle and defending that particular play, then the shot clock of the first period, where Ottawa actually outshot Winnipeg tremendously, might have translated a little bit more into the score but the defense on the Senators' part didn't hold up, and Winnipeg knew what it needed to do, and it finished. So it took the lead, even though it wasn't necessarily playing a, a beautiful style of hockey. Well, we may as well start off with Kevin Stenland. I mean, other of the top players sort of took the uh, took the show uh, over later on, and Kyle Connor, and we'll get to Dave Riddick. But I mean, I loved Stenland's game on the weekend. I thought he was one of the best players on the squad, and you know. We've seen guys from the Moose come up so far this season. Jansen Harkins, Mikey C. Esimont, now Kevin Stenland, and make the most of their opportunity. I mean, in your opinion, how much do you think Stenny has done to help his cause at staying in the lineup and be a part of this team, maybe even after some of the other guys that they're waiting for get healthy? I mean, after everybody gets healthy, I have a tough time finding a spot for him. But on the route to that point, I think I have plenty of time for him to keep a job you know, ahead of, uh, ahead of some of the other guys in that bottom six mix. And I went back to my training camp notes, Huss, when Stenling got called up, and I was writing about him in the exact same paragraphs as Manalainen, and that's partly because they were paired together often. But all of the notes are, this guy looks like a pro. This guy might be able to steal the job. This guy, at the very least, is going to be a really strong AHL player. 
And that's because he was using his size. He was using his intelligence. He was using his forechecking reads. Even at training camp, day one, in and out, him and Maynard to me, were a team in, in Maynard and winning his job out of camp. Uh, and so Stenling got sent down. Sure, he became a really important player for the Moose. And I've liked him. I think you can count on him in that I don't know how many, what offense he'll continue to bring. Yes, it was a great cut into the middle of the ice. And he takes that pass. It was a great face-off win. And Johnson Fiabi gets a puck on it along the wall. And I think Gustafson's the one that centers it. Hopefully I have those guys in the right spot. Could be the other way around. But it was a great fourth-line play. I don't think that those guys are going to generate a lot like that, but I think you can trust them. And that means to me that Semlin's not going to play his way off. That's for darn sure. And it's just going to be a matter of, you know, if Appleton, Wheeler, and Ehlers all came back on the same day, well, I, I guess you're going back to the AHL. The one thing I'll say about Stenland that I think has been very obvious uh, is that he's filling a need for Rick Bonus that he wasn't getting from the rest of his centers. And that was being really good in the faceoff circle. And I mean, I was a little surprised right off the bat when David Gustafson got moved to the left wing. I mean, I got a lot of time for Gus. But man, with the way that Stenlin is playing and the fact that he has been coming through like the coaches wanted in the faceoff circle, I'm not sure that, you know, he gets in the mix for a fourth line spot. I mean, to be honest with you, and this is sort of funny because I love the way the bottom six is looking right now. It's the guys filling in on the top two lines that I actually could see going from top six minutes to press box minutes at some point if one or two guys come back. Yeah, maybe that makes, you know, Michael Samant types or Sam Gagne or part of me, uh, Carson Kuhlman, more of placeholders for the time being. Because I don't think you're necessarily going to get them playing that fourth line grind game that Winnipeg's had such success with. That makes sense to me. And also the idea of faceoffs, which... You know, bonus, we're, we're learning things about him. We know that he believes in timely goals, timely saves, give one up before the end of a period. He's extra angry about it, all that sort of stuff. Well, face-offs, you know, maybe even up there with the defenseman points are, are the sorts of things that he spent a lot of extra time talking about. If Stenlin can deliver, and that's a style of game that you like from those guys, I begin to be able to squint and see a job laid out for him on that way. I think that that's a, a really great point by you. The interesting thing for me on the Carson Kuhlman front, if we're, if we're going to talk about those guys, clearly a placeholder on that top line, um, has looked good, but would probably have, you know, if that were Nick Ehlers or Blake Wheeler, there may be a few more points there so far, I would say, because Shifley and Perfetti are looking great. Um, I, I know that Winnipeg has been interested in Carson Kuhlman for a little while. I know they put in a waiver claim last year when Boston waived him and Seattle picked him up. Winnipeg was below Seattle in the waiver priority. So that's a guy who I imagine in the depth role, the organization is clearly enamored with. Bonus will do as he will. And, you know, Kuhlman hasn't taken face-offs at the NHL level predominantly. If Gustafson isn't somebody he, that he trusts in that regard, Harkins, Barron, I don't think those are your fourth-line centers. Dominic Toninato hasn't shown enough when he's been in the, you know, in the NHL. You've, you've twisted my arm on it, honestly, uh, because... You know, Bonus said, we need more goals from our defense. We need better face-offs. And what, what other statistical things has he pointed to as aggressively as those two things? Well, and it's a nice little segue to uh, what the Jets are getting from the blue line. Uh, Bones said the D are coming. They needed more from it. And who could have imagined how much more they'd get from Josh Morrissey, who's already shattered his career high for points and was on the banner of the NHL Twitter account today. Um, another brilliant game as he continues his streak. First star last night. I mean, 
running out of superlatives to talk about the improvement and the way that he has not only raised his level of play, but what that's done for everyone around him. I mean, yeah, I don't have superlatives. I just, the way that he danced in from the blue line around the Seattle, I want to call him a four checker. He's not four checking. He's just covering the point, but the way Morrissey stepped around him effortlessly for whatever reason, I was reminded of Tyler Myers' best moments as a Winnipeg Jet. He'd always try that dangle from a standstill at the line. He scored a really important goal for Winnipeg against Minnesota in the 2018 playoffs. And you're like, if that were, if Tyler Myers were as good at everything else as he is at that one thing, you know, he'd be a dominant defenseman. Well, Josh Morrissey is as good at everything else as he is at that one thing. And now you see him having the confidence to try those play at the line, to lead a breakout with a spinorama. Um, the slap passes that we're seeing, the guy is thinking and acting faster than everybody else on the ice. The the um, the goal he scored, uh, I I really felt that Ottawa's um, Ottawa's players looked like their controllers were disconnected a little bit last night. Like they were frozen. <laughs> everybody was frozen, but Morrissey was jumping in from the point. And then to to have two passes as beautiful as he's made in the last two games. I just think that this is all confidence, all execution. It's there. And he seems to be thinking faster than everybody else on the ice. So if last year was a step forward in terms of how explosive he was, and he told me for our story last year, he had changed trainers. He was less on power, more on explosiveness, speed, agility. You can see that in the way he moves. Well, I think that he's done it for so long now. He's... He solved problems with his skating that have given him opportunities, um, by which I mean his skating has solved problems on the ice. His skating was never a problem. But he uses his skating to solve problems. Then he finds himself in these opportunities, and his brain is just seeing everything and then executing in a way that is Norris top five, top ten quality caliber. That's great. There's no doubt about that. Um, From the top defenseman, to the guy getting an opportunity to get into the lineup in Vili Hainala. Um, you know, it's interesting, and you almost have to take it with a grain of salt, like when you're reading social media or something around Vili. I mean, there are people that have very entrenched viewpoints on this player more than there's always one guy every year that it seems people have takes, and, you know, they will view his performance often through that. Um Rick Bonus didn't seem to be particularly enamored with Billy's game last night. I was in the building. I thought he had some moments where he looked good. I thought there were some other times where the things that he's normally really good at, breakout passes, were just so-so. I'm interested in your perspective on uh, Billy's return to the lineup and the challenge facing him, assuming he's in the lineup, going up a few weight classes against the Boston Bruins tomorrow night. Yeah, you know what? I agree with the Rick Bonus slash um, slash hustler assessment that you know it was a pretty average game. It was a pretty so-so game where some things went well and other things didn't. And I think that that's okay. I think that that's completely okay. Um, the things that I think looked good were when the puck was on his stick in an offensive capacity. To be sure, he was also and they showed a highlight package of this on the broadcast with Kevin Sawyer uh, narrating it. So I, you know, this is doesn't isn't. I, I got to cite my sources on this, right? But they showed him being really close in terms of support and outlets for Dylan Sandberg on the breakout early in the game. And I liked that highlight package that they showed where, um, where he's always providing himself as an option, which is great stuff. In the highlight package as well, in the midst of all the praise, 
in one of those situations, Samber gets it to him and he throws up a bit of a, just like a chaos pass right up the wall that gets picked off by the Senators player. And it's a, it's a dangerous situation. And I think that might be related to what you're talking about. Ville Hanel has bread and butter. That's a pass he makes. That's, you know, anything when it comes to exit passing, he reads the ice so well, traditionally, he makes those passes. And if it's a so-so moment for him in the NHL, I think that's fine. The guy hasn't played since December 3rd in any capacity. He's been sick, but he's such a hot button player for so many people. If he does one thing good, it's like, of course, it's his time. Why have you been keeping him down? If he makes a mistake like that or others, um, it's, well, of course, I told you, he's Sammy Niku 2.0. And to me, a lot of that is like, pardon me, it's the painkillers talking, but that's garbage. It is absolute garbage. Show some patience for this player the way that you would for just about anyone who hadn't played in as long as he had. It's clear that any young player transitioning into the NHL, aside from the number one overall picks, and even then, like if you look at Alexis Lafreniere and other things, they take time. If Ville Hainala is going to be the best version of himself in the NHL, he's going to need a stretch of six, seven, eight, 10, 15 games all in a row, like Logan Stanley got in 20. 21 like dylan sandberg has earned and gotten um all of those different all of those different things because he needs to be able to make that mistake and then have the opportunity to make that pass and not make the mistake you know what i mean um and in a third pairing sheltered role at home where winnipeg has control of changes that's viable i i hear arguments that the nhl is not a developmental league but he needs to make those decisions at that nhl pace to take that next step Hopefully he gets enough of those games now to iron that sort of stuff out because otherwise we're going to see yo-yo up and down, up and down from Ville Hainala for here to the end of his Winnipeg Jets career. And I don't think that's necessarily fair or a reasonable expectation to put on the player. Well, and, and the weird thing about this conversation is that no matter how great Ville plays, if he does over the course of this next little stretch, guys are going to get healthy and... I mean, I don't know what Vili Hainala could do to possibly pass Nate Schmidt on the depth chart right now. And if they're healthy, he's probably not in the lineup. All that being said, though, I think this is a crucial year for him within the organization. And I'm not sure there's ever going to be a better opportunity for Vili to get the opportunity to get back out there, as you just said, and show that he is a guy that the head coach can trust when he throws out there. And Man, these next couple games against teams like Boston and, and Washington, I mean, you're going right up to the top of the uh, of the depth chart, if you will, of the league. Um, and then a couple days off and then Minnesota after that. I mean, are you with me that these next two, three weeks, while the opportunity presents itself, could be crucial in kind of really defining Billy Hanel's path, whether it be this year or with the Winnipeg Jets? I mean, yes, to a degree in that it's the kind of window – that you wouldn't, you can't carve out for him without that injury. It just doesn't happen without that injury to Nate Schmidt and to Logan Stanley as well. I think. Um, I think the organization's content to keep him in the AHL unless circumstances change wildly. So here we go. Here is his opportunity. At the same time, I think Kyle Capobianco has played reasonably well, and more importantly, I think that the Jets like the way that he's played and will pro like, I don't know that we're going to get to Billy handle a parade from here through the end of Nate Schmidt's injury. I, I, I think that he'll be in and out. So I don't think, I guess I'm not anticipating him getting a consistent stretch of games. And at 21 years old, 
I still believe that the the stretch that defines him is maybe going to be later on, given the circumstances that you just described. However, this is an opportunity. This is a moment to seize. And go back to Washington's game in Winnipeg not too long ago. It was the first of a couple games where Winnipeg actually, to my mind, looked outclassed. And we haven't seen that in a long time. Washington was finding time and space in the middle of the ice that other teams haven't been able to do against Winnipeg. They were also forechecking successfully and knocking down breakout passes in a way we haven't seen the Jets really struggle with. So Winnipeg, yes, is going up against the elites of the league in the next little while, teams that can play a style of game that's hard for all of the Jets. It's also going to be hard for Hanales specifically if he can be the guy that gets that, that retrieval and that clean exit against teams this good that have this good of a plan against the Winnipeg Jets. And make no mistake, the Capitals did have an excellent forechecking plan against the Jets. Succeed at that, then I'll begin to believe, okay, this is defining, because that's how impressive that would be to me. Everybody struggled with it the last time Capitals were in town. No, it is a great point. And, uh, man, what a test to finish off this insane schedule the team's been at, but has been surviving um, going up against Boston and Washington over these next couple days. Goaltending was a big story last night. I thought Big Save Dave probably deserved a better fate on Sunday. I thought he really kept them in a game where they were running on fumes. Um, was a huge part of the win last night. You would assume Connor Hellebuck gets in against the Boston Bruins tomorrow. Um, you know, with all the hockey that's coming right on the break, does it make sense to probably go to what I had assumed the original plan was to have Riddick playing against the Capitals on Friday? And maybe just a quick comment on uh, what you've seen from Big Save Dave over the last couple starts. Yeah, I think that Hellebuck tomorrow and then Riddick against Washington. I have that straight, right? You just said it. You laid it out. I think that makes all sorts of sense. If you've decided that Connor Hellebuck is healthy and coming on the trip and those are your two goalies, then you're probably following the starting goalie gets um, gets the first game of the trip uh, plan. I, I think that things are so well established. Winnipeg is not a timeshare. It's not a 1A, 1B situation. It's as good as Riddick has been. You don't ride the hot hand here. You go back to your number one guy. I think that's the play. Riddick's going to get a game in there anyway. And he's he's earned this that opportunity. Um, he's earned another start, so he'll get one for sure, especially on the split. Um, I think that I agree with you. He deserved a better fate the other day. And then last night, I think it's just so important that a guy who is a role player, a bit part, a fill-in, gets to enjoy being a substantial piece of a big win. And, you know, there was no third-period collapse like the like against Carolina way back when. There's none of that those shenanigans that we've seen in Riddick starts, even the wins. So for him to sort of from start to finish, the shot clock's going up, he's making all the saves, he's covering on, he's covering up pucks and all that sort of stuff. I just think that that was a really important thing to make him feel like a major piece uh, of the team's success. One of our chat all-stars, Bailey Weeb. What's up, Bay? Very excited that you replied to her on Twitter last night. And I'm like, that shouldn't be anything. Murad is one of the best guys on Twitter. He's always has time for everyone that's tweeting out of it. Uh, I'm sure you like, you know, more to come your way, especially as you get ready for more in the athletic uh, heading into the holidays and the new year. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks, Bailey. I mean, yeah, I try. Sometimes there are days when it's just there's too much there that you that you can't. And um, I just, you know, when I wasn't in the building, it just felt like good to have some fun on Twitter or what have you. Uh, I'm curious to know what the Kevin Stanland fan club should be called. Do you Stan Stanland? Is that how? Anyway, all that stuff. And yeah, I uh, 
you know, my, my work at The Athletic has slowed in the last couple of days because I haven't been able to type, but I'm back at it. I hope to have a piece finished today that goes up tomorrow and have some proper content over the holidays because people deserve it and it's time. Yeah, so pretty, thank pretty you. Fun, pretty fun conversations right now. Very quickly on the way out, we threw this up for the no, why not question of the day earlier today. Um, as of today, which Winnipeg Jet is most likely to win an end of season award? Josh Morrissey, Connor Hellebuck, Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus is the leader because you can point at all of those other players as functions of things that he's done. This the record turnaround is incredible. Um, the the metrics are better than last year. The way that the team plays, everything that you might say makes Connor Hellebuck's job easier, makes Josh Morrissey more likely to jump into the play. You can take a lot of that to coaching. The individual players matter as well. Um, and then there might be voter fatigue on Connor Hellebuck. Maybe some people I've talked to are just sick of him being talked about as an elite so much. Uh, anyway, I think Rick Bonus is your guy on that front. Marat, have a wonderful Christmas. Thanks so much, and we'll look forward to catching up with you one more time in 2022 next week on another busy week for the Winnipeg Jets. Yes, please. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great stuff. At WPG, Marat, feel better, my friend. There's Marat Atesh of The Athletic. All right, uh, we've got marbles coming up, but it has been a minute since we've had my guy Feinberg jumping on. He's going to join us in just a couple of seconds. Uh, before we do that, have to give a big thank you to our friends at Princess Auto for their amazing support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, Princess Auto, speaking of local companies, headquartered right here in the PEG, family-owned and operated, and of course, coast-to-coast, and featuring our country's best selection and best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Uh, the tasks and ideas change through the seasons, but Princess Auto is there 24-7, 365. And speaking of 24-7, 365, you can shop all day, all night, anytime at princessauto.com or pop down and visit them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. Might be a good time to get in there before the 25th on the weekend. Speaking of great local companies, man, Culligan Water, family-owned for over 65 years here in the PEG as the go-to people for all water services and products. They've got you covered with water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Culligan Water is at 1200 Sargent Avenue. Give them a call for all your water needs at 204-694-5180. Or check them out online for everything they can do for you and your family at drinkculligan.com. Speaking of drinking, uh, the holidays are here. And I know many of you will be celebrating, entertaining, or tipping a glass. And with what you're putting in the glass, make sure that it's Canada's favorite Canadian Rye Canadian Club. Available at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And for you Bomber fans who enjoy Jim Beam, it's a great time to get to one of Manitoba's 20th largest Liquor Marts because... The Bomber Collector glasses are here. With any purchase of Jim Beam, you'll get either a Zach Caleros, Adam Big Hill, or Nick Dembski glass at the Jim Beam display. So make sure to check that when you're doing your holiday shopping at MLCC for Jim Beam and, of course, the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and WST, Canadian Club, Canada's famous Canadian whiskey. Uh, all right, just before we bring in Feinberg, we've got a really interesting Thursday nighter tomorrow between the Jets and Jags. We've got a great Jet matchup with the Jets in Boston. And 
Hey, with the team on the road, you know where to be. Boston Pizza. The holiday menu's out right now. That amazing new jalapeno popper dip, some new pizzas, the mac and cheese burger, and great prizes that you can win every night the Winnipeg Jets play. And, of course, NFL football is on the big screen. So make it BP tomorrow. And if you're staying at home because it's too damn cold outside, you can order online citywide and throughout the province as well at bostonpizza.com. All right. Let's get to it and welcome in. It's been too long. Our guy, Jeff Feinberg, star of the festivities on the Mayo Media Network, along with our guy, Pat Mayo and Tim Anderson, card-carrying member of the Chargers Nation, golf guy extraordinaire. What's up? Uh, Best of the season to you, my friend. It's great to have you back on the show. Always good to talk, uh, Haas, anytime, buddy. Um, Listen, I want to get to a little bit of golf at the end, just with everything looking ahead to next season, but... uh, Let's talk about the, uh, I have to, uh, listen, let's start off with your Chargers. This has been a real up and down season. And I heard you talking with the guys earlier on. And I'll be honest, I was almost stunned when you said it on this week's pod. But, you know, despite the ups and downs and the underwhelming performances at times, this team can clinch their playoff spot this week. I mean, where's your head at right now with the Bolts and your guy Herbert? And I mean, a crazy, super competitive AFC. Yeah, my head is sort of, uh, you know, firstly, my head is finally in a good place, Huss, because uh, week three was uh, the start of Rosh Hashanah, and Herbert was playing with a rib fracture, and then Bosa and Slater got hurt that week, and I thought everything was over. Well, what do you know? We've arrived at Hanukkah, and finally, the tracks on the roller coaster have... uh, you know, nothing's clinched. And as a Charger fan, you always feel a trap door. And even my wife, you know, I say to her, like, look, we're in minus 900 to make the playoffs, honey. Like, look, this be happy. She's like, bet some money on the other team so I can online shop when you turn our house into a misery in a few weeks. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, Huss, they're far more resilient than I am. Like a lot of fans, I am I am delicate, I am fragile. I f- was calling for Staley's head. I couldn't figure out how this defensive-minded coach can't coach a defense out of a paper bag, and then all of a sudden Derwin James miss, has to miss some games, and they've come up with some great defensive performances. Maybe they can get healthy. It is it is nice. And I want to congratulate you and Chiefs Kingdom on getting another hat and t-shirt. Probably tiresome uh doing it. And well, I did pick the Chargers to win the AFC West, probably out of bias. I think you and lots of people who take in my content know I never really got off that Chiefs bandwagon. I never had a moment of concern when they traded Tyreek Hill. They're incredible, it's deserved. Uh, but I can just hope the Chargers can 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 maybe get healthy and get into that tournament here. I'll say this. Uh, I think that they'll scare the bejesus out of anyone that they're playing come playoff time, especially if they get a few players back at the uh, back the deadline. It looks like there are going to be two teams from the AFC West going to the playoffs. Going into the year, there was talk that maybe all four could be. I don't even know where to start with what's happened to the Broncos other than it has been an unmitigated disaster. We always use the Herschel Walker trade as the bar for the worst trades in NFL history. Where where does the Russell Wilson trade rank right now as we uh, 
sit here with the Seahawks looking for a top five pick courtesy of the Broncos, not their own. Yeah, it's clearly an unmitigated disaster. They're locked into a contract. They don't have the draft picks. We already saw ramifications of it in the season as they felt like, what's the point? Why why extend a Bradley Chubb? Why even entertain that option? Nope, just trade him out. We have to recoup from that trade. Uh, they win a game. The offense looks shows as much life as it kind of has all year. I was sort of making the jokes last week that watch them play well with Rippon. It'll almost be like the locker room wants to flip Russell some birds. Like just to say, no, nah, like we'll get on this guy's back. We don't mind an unmitigated disaster at certain points. As the Chargers were going through serious quicksand, it was the main highlight for me was their struggles in the Raiders, Huss. I cannot put my finger on it. You could make the case they are so incredibly unlucky. Their Jaguars uh, lead that they blew, the Titans lead that they blew, the Baker Mayfield 99-yard drive a few weeks ago. If they just had one more win... They'd be scaring. They'd be scaring me a, a little bit because of some maybe head-to-head or some AFC West uh, things that could reverberate through. Uh, but at the same time, they got so lucky last year, winning so many of those situations. Uh, you know, this year that you know, we, we see the Vikings doing it. Not to take anything away from their comeback, but so many of the, uh, their other wins. Even the Chargers, Huss, get so lucky in Cleveland. They get so lucky in Atlanta. Uh, you know, so many things. Just you guys kinda... have been winning games that normally you lose. I mean, that and that's been, you know, there's been a few times I've heard you this week, this year, you know, almost sounding like a loss, but in fact a win. And guess what? Those games all add up. And now here you are getting ready for the postseason. Expectations are the devil. <laughs> Expectations are the devil because they put me in a pretzel. The moment that it felt like the boat was carrying water, it put me in a pretzel. Because I thought I could overwhelm people this year. And not only did they not overwhelm teams, they, you know, find themselves in every one score game. They've been injured. And, you know, anybody with eyeballs is curious as to why don't the Chargers just let improvisation, like strategic improvisation, sort of be more of their playbook, sort of acknowledge that really good things happen for this team. Uh, on the second level or that, uh, you know, when things have to kind of happen on the fly. But no, they they just want to dink and dunk until they're desperate. I'd love to run an experiment. One game, the Chargers just pretend they're down 14 points with five minutes left at the start of the game. And I'm sure a lot of football fans wish their teams did that because you feel like, you, you know, and I get defenses can do it differently, but you just call the game differently. You call the game aggressively. And, and I wish maybe the Chargers getting healthier. They can do that. They can do that, Huss. But I'll set this up while we get Feinberg back in here. NFC right now, Eagles obviously are the class of the field. Uh, although very interesting that Jalen Hurts might be out for a couple of weeks. But you know what? They've earned that luxury of potentially not playing their all-pro quarterback against their arch-rivals, the Dallas Cowboys, this weekend. Then you've got the Dallas Cowboys. And to me, the sleeper team that is 
absolutely dangerous is the San Francisco 49ers. But to me, like, I'm not sure how many real, legit Super Bowl contenders we've got right now in the NFC, Remo. When you, Remo, when you look at the NFC, how many teams do you think that are capable of giving one of those great teams in the AFC a legitimate run in the Super Bowl? Sorry, I'm uh, I'm just uh, messaging with, with Jeff here. He says, did my internet go out? And I'm replying, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're just talking about a- NFC versus AFC. But my like, are the He's Cowboys like kind of for the- real? I haven't mentioned the Vikings because I don't really think the Vikings, as great as their record is, are a team that is going to scare any of those teams we just mentioned no. in the AFC. Uh, and I guess Dallas is 10 and four. Maybe we should give them a little bit more credit. I know the Cowboys fans around will be like, hey, hold on a second. Look at us. But man, I mean, the Eagles, Eagles 13 and one. To me, the most dangerous team to the Eagles is the San Francisco 49ers, even if Brock Purdy is the quarterback. And it's all about their defense. We know how important defense is at this time of the year. Yeah, I'll go, you know, you go through the division. Eagles are number one, but Jalen Hurts, he's hurt right now. You, you know, he's supposed to be back. Um, later on, so you think they're not going to have drop-off. Dallas, I like what they do with this tandem run game. Um, defense, you know, it's been all right. So Dallas, uh, but Minnesota, I mean, they're what? They were 10-3. and They weren't even favored against the Lions, who had a much uh, worse record, uh, which was weird. They did pull off that win on the weekend, but you're not really, you're not really sold on them. And Tampa, I mean, that division stinks, NFC South, and I think you, you got to trust in Kyle Shanahan. Um, Whoever is behind there, they have a system that lets them have success. Christian McCaffrey has been a huge ad for them, and they have that uh, top defense. So uh, I I agree with you. San Francisco, 10-4, and four, and Philadelphia are the only teams to watch. And it seems like there's so many teams uh, in the AFC here. Has- yeah, well, I mean, the AFC is so top-heavy. And you look at the quarterbacks that are projected to be in the playoffs. Josh Allen... Tua, who's had a great season so far. The Bengals and Joe Burrow. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson. The Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. The Chargers and Justin Herbert. Uh, And then, of course, there's the Tennessee Titans, who, although they just have a one-game lead on the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, the Jags not out of it at all when it comes to the AFC South this, uh, this year. Listen, I mean, this this Jags, I am actually really excited for tomorrow night, Reem. We get an early Jet game against Boston and then can settle into Thursday night football with two very mediocre, if not terrible, they're mediocre, not terrible this year, AFC teams, the New York Jets and the Trevor and Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. This is exactly what Thursday night football is all about. Man, I, I like um, Trevor Lawrence. He's been awesome uh, the last couple weeks. And the Jets, you know, who's quarterback? Is it still Zach Wilson? Do we know who their quarterback is? Because yeah, I yeah, Mike White's not being uh, not being cleared. He's still not cleared. Yeah, no, Zach Wilson, Zoomer Zach Ooh. is going to be. I mean, they won. Himself. They won last week. But uh, you know, if you feel a lot more confident if they had. Um, well, no, Mike, they lost. Mike White. They lost to Detroit. Oh, they did lose. I'm I'm all mixed up. Sorry. I'm trying to troubleshoot with Feinberg and talk talk football here, but uh, yeah, I I probably lean Jacksonville. I think they're pretty good. They beat Dallas. Um, Trevor Lawrence. He's really having a breakout season. They got a number of strong uh, receivers that cleared up the running back and look a nice pick six. Uh, they beat Dallas. They're an OT. So um, I like Jacksonville. I think they're pretty strong. Although on the road. 
I don't know what the weather is in New York. I'm assuming cold. Um, you don't like you don't like a warm weather team going uh, going to cold weather. Although the Dolphins look still look strong against a Buffalo in that blizzard. Uh, yes, indeed. Now, okay, listen, we'll, we'll have much more time today, and actually, I'll do a little plug because if you are interested in more NFL talk and a full breakdown and picks for the games, the Lock Shop is going to be live at four o'clock today. So if you haven't already, and you know what, I will throw this into the uh, into the chat just to get some folks to uh, to be able to find it. Uh, the Lock Shop Super Week 16 Extravaganza is going to be live at 4 p.m. today. We'll hit the Thursday nighter. And by the way, I'm just putting it in the chat right here now. There you go. Head on over there for those of you that are on YouTube right now. Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications if you can because we do sort of broadcast at different times. Um, you get all the picks, having all-time season, 64% against the spread and the total so far this year and hoping to finish strong with a great last couple of weeks. But subscribe to the channel because when we get to 1,000 subscribers, we're giving away 1,000 bucks to one of our first uh, 1,000 subscribers. So uh, not only... Do the pick the picks have been the gift that keeps on giving, uh, but a great chance to walk away with a cool G note, courtesy of the Lock Shop. So we're live. We'll get to all of that coming up at 4 p.m. today when Dustin Nielsen joins me. Um, so Remo, I, I guess we won't get to the rest of the NFL talk. We'll kind of maybe save more of that for um, for our buddy um, uh, Dustin Nielsen on the Lock Shop later on. The one thing that I did want to bring up with Feinberg that I'll just sort of mention right now that's been one of the huge stories in all of sports this year has been the Live Golf Tour, the exodus of a number of the top players for massive, massive monies from the Saudi Investment Fund who is behind Live Golf and what that means for the landscape of, of the PGA Tour as well as the majors. And maybe the biggest question mark was about the Masters. Um, the Masters do what they want. They make their own rules. They follow the lead of no one. And there was quite a bit of speculation that potentially maybe some of these players, even former champions, would not be welcomed at Augusta this year. That is not the case. Now, they have not said anything. They have not committed to anything really past this year. And I think they're waiting to see how everything shakes out. But what is important to know is that guys that had previously qualified for the Masters or were in a qualifying position when they left to live will be in the tournament. So that means Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, Cam Smith, Taylor Gooch, all will be at Augusta in April. Uh, and man, that will set up some of the juiciest storylines around a major tournament in a long, long time. And certainly you'll have the best of the best there, um, but there'll be much more to it all around it. So for you golf fans, we'll get into that a little bit more coming up in the next year. And we'll get Feinberg on again to uh, to break down some of the tournaments. And again, if you haven't already seen what Jeff and uh, Pat and the guys are doing, search Mayo Media Network. Give those guys a follow either by podcast. I listen to most of it on audio, but man, the YouTube is funny. And, of course, Tim Anderson, who's been on with us before, one of the most interesting men in the universe. Some of the worst takes at times, sometimes some good ones, but uh, definitely worth your while checking out if you like to have some laughs and talk both football and golf. 
Now, Remo, the one other thing that I guess we've got some time to get to before we get to Marbles is a story. Oh, and I see Marbles is open, by the way. So if yeah. you just popped in, 2.45 is the time. Make sure you've hit that red subscribe button so you're eligible to enter. Exclamation mark Marbles. Remo, have you been following the story of what's been happening in the Chiefs superfan community this week? No, I'm not. I'm not familiar with the Chiefs super fan community. So, gang, and I say this, obviously, as a Chiefs fan, I wouldn't say necessarily a super fan. I do not have a mascot outfit or costume that I normally wear. But if you've ever been to Arrowhead, there is a little subsection of hardcore fans that over the years have put on ridiculous get-ups that they wear each and every week. My first game ever, I remember a guy... There's there is our guy, Chief Saholic, a guy that would dress up as the other team's jersey or quarterback and have these arrows through him. So he was arrow man. Then there was X Factor, who wore a red cheesehead type thing, but it was in an arrowhead. And X Factor had a very public humiliation a few weeks a few years ago when he got into a fight with another Chief super fan, which was captured on video. Then it came out that he had um, had some drug charges and ended up in trouble with the law and ended up being banned from Arrowhead. So it was an unfortunate end for X Factor. I don't think anyone could be ready for what I'm about to tell you with this Chiefs Aholic guy. Um, as you can see in the picture right here, and for those of you listening to a podcast, he has got a full wolf suit on and was a fixture at all of the Chiefs games at Arrowhead. But not only was he going to Arrowhead, he was also going to all of the road games. And a lot of people had wondered what he did for a living. He said that he had started working in a warehouse and now was running multiple warehouses all around the Midwest. Les Thompson, happy holidays. Les, thanks so much for the, uh, for the super chat, my friend. Really appreciate that. Um, but again, as one would say, you know, he's very active on Twitter, engaging with other Chiefs fans and was all fired up to go to the game in Houston, where a number of other fans were. So they had planned for a meetup. No Chiefsaholic. Where's the wolf? Nobody saw him, uh, saw him at the game. And for a guy that was as active as he was on Twitter, no tweets. People started to be concerned about him. They sent him messages, nothing to report. His phone was off. And people legitimately started to get worried. And Monday morning, throughout the Chiefs community, there was essentially um, a bit of a plea for anyone that had connections to this guy to find out, is he okay? Well, he is okay and not okay. Uh, it was found out, Remo, that on his way to Houston for the game, made a little pit stop in Bixby, Oklahoma, to rob a bank. Oh, no. He's now up on federal armed robbery charges for a bank. And as they're seeing now, the FBI is involved and they believe that he is actually a serial bank robber and Chiefsaholic on the way to these road games to see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs do their thing was knocking off banks along the way. So all the business about running multiple warehouses, probably not true. And listen, it started a whole nother subculture of people going back through his tweets, picking out things that may have been clues of what he was up to. Uh, but I'll say this, best quarterback in the league, 
most dysfunctional super fan group in the league as well as Chief Saholic is now facing federal armed robbery charges and the FBI investigating serial bank robberies. Like we had to rob somewhere. I feel like a bank isn't a good choice. Like I know they have a lot of money there, but they also have a lot of security. So like if you can get away <laughs> with it once, like I wouldn't push my luck. Uh, anymore. There's cameras, there's procedures. Uh, I wouldn't, that, I, I feel like a bank isn't where I would try to what rob. What dedication to see your team on the road. Gotta say. That you would rob uh, a bank to do it? <laughs> is that, the story isn't, the story isn't, oh, this guy's a dumb criminal. The story is, man, this guy really loves the Chiefs. <laughs> that much. You can, you can spin it however you want. That he would love, wow. I think he was story picking of love. up and again, I'm never, I haven't done a lot of research into bank robberies, uh, but it sounds like he was kind of picking off these little rinky dink places in small towns that may not have had the same sort of security as a bank that you would go into in a bigger city. <laughs> Regardless, it's the end of the road for Chief Saholic. Pour one out for him tonight. Uh, oh, and by the way, sir, sir, uh, Obviously, when he was wearing, uh, robbing the banks, he was wearing a mask. There's some pictures that have surfaced of a guy robbing a bank in the actual wolf mask. We're not sure whether it's the same guy or not, but that would be over the top if he actually wore his mascot costume to carry out his bank robberies on the way to see his team play wearing that same outfit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess he's wearing a mask at least. Seems not smart. Hey, I'll Jeff Coldwell, super chat, my friend. Thank you very much. Uh, greatly appreciate the support. So nice of you. And oh, Rob Somerville. Merry Christmas, Hus Remus and fellow chataholics. Not to be confused with Chiefsaholic, the armed bank robber, serial bank robber, and big fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Yeah. Had to get that story in. I got um, I got a couple things we want to get to from the Jets game um, yesterday. Has the first a lot of people asking you. You gave your blessing for the wave in the third period, up five one. You're you okay hear, with that? Yeah, I, yes. I, you know, at the time, I'm the Jets were in complete control, dominating. I personally probably would have loved to just wait a little bit more. We did see Carolina score three goals in the last five minutes of the game earlier this year. But I had actually gone out to go to the bathroom. And I was in 316, so I'm just running into the bathroom. And I someone went and said hi. So I had a quick chat with them. And I could hear the crowd. And I could hear the crowd coming out of the bathroom. And I saw the guy back going in through the bar. And I'm like, I, I know this sound. They're doing the wave right now. I literally audibly knew and felt that the wave was happening However, that if there ever was a time to do it, as I said, maybe we could leave it a few extra minutes. Um, it was a real fun crowd last night. It was a good crowd. It seemed to be, you know, many of the sections that weren't really that full for the Vegas game a week uh, earlier on Tuesday were full for the Ottawa game, which was a little strange. I would have expected it might have been the, the other way around. Um, but yes, and the minute I'm walking back to the seats and bing, 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 the phone starts going off because getting notifications, texts, and it was all wave-related the every minute time, it started. Every time there's a wave, someone's, like, messaging you to see if it's okay. And I always like the games around the holiday 
season. I know they were encouraging people to dress up as Santa and in their holiday sweaters. And I think people are always going to people coming from out of town to visit family too. So two big games next week: the rivalry game against Minnesota and uh, I don't know scheduled win against Vancouver. Just by the by the way, Vancouver is playing. Um, we haven't talked too, too hey, much. Hey, just quickly yet. from last night's game, did they show the Santa with the nice and the naughty list on television last night? Um, there was a Santa yeah. sitting with Mrs. Claus, and they had a big whiteboard that said the the who's been nice, okay. and it started off. It was Steny, Gagne, more or Steny Morrissey, Gagne, Connor. And then turned it around, and on the naughty list was Pionk because he'd taken a two-minute penalty oh, earlier in the game. So, wow! Credit to whoever came up with that. It was great to see the Santas and everyone in their costumes. But yes, the naughty and the nice list I thought would have for sure gotten onto some of the highlight packages. And one thing, so the talk this week has we didn't spend a lot of time on it because we really don't need to. But uh, the Mark Mathot tweet, like. <laughs> So I'll just recap. Is there it. another chapter? Is he? There's another. He the Je- yeah, the Jets trolled him on Twitter uh, last night during the win, and I'll show you the tweets. I don't know if you saw this. <laughs> the tweet was, I'll read it again. Worst hotel in the NHL. The Fairmont, paper thin walls, very loud doors, bed sheets that zap you upon entry. Uh, shit weather. No nearby, almost no nearby restaurants. Tough scene. And, you know, he deleted it and whatever, and then actually wrote on Twitter, too. Uh, the people are wonderful. The building is a blast. I've heard nothing but great things, but the hotel sucks. So he, I mean, he deleted it, whatever. He's anyway, got beef with the Fairmont. Yeah, it sounds like his beef. So anyways, the Jets, so I saw this Cameron Penny, I guess he does social media for the Jets, made a, sto- a Twitter thread where the Jets <laughs> write you know, made a series of tweets about the Jets' dominance over the Senators using Mark Mathot's lines. Here's uh, Josh Morrissey. Found the paper-thin opening for the snipe. <laughs> okay. To start the game. On the doorstep, Stenny gets the building very loud, and that's <laughs> the very loud doors, uh, very loud doors line. Uh, and here's a tweet after the game. Home ice advantage zapped him. And that's I saw the zap them. I love that. That's reference uh, bed sheets that zap you upon entry. And uh, another big storm brewing that we don't mind. It's Josh Morrissey in the eye of the storm. And that is referencing the <laughs> shit weather comment. And hey, listen, he wasn't far off with the shit weather this week. I'm, I'm, I'm going to side with Mark Mathot on that one. And then the, here's another one. Uh, almost nobody nearby for his second of the night. And that's Kyle. <laughs> Connor and the referencing the almost no nearby restaurants. And then they tweeted after the first period, tough scene or great scenes through the opening 20 referencing tough scene. And, uh, we're, and then they tweeted after the win, making a list, checking it twice, not going to find prima donnas on the ice referencing the prima donna. So, uh, you know, if we're doing any weird year end awards, you know, like teams give, most improved. The NBA has a most improved player award. Mm-hmm. We have to give some sort of award to the Jets social media team. They like, stepped it up. The content they've been cranking out this year internally, that sort of stuff has been has been awesome. And it's been so much fun to 
listen, the team obviously with the winning and what they've done so far has been a lot of fun. But um, I think from a fan standpoint and from a brand standpoint, whoever, and I don't know the people that are working in that department, but whoever it is are doing a hell of a job right now. It's been uh, been a lot of fun to read those tweets. And last night was a masterpiece. Yeah, well, they just had to win to defend the city of Winnipeg's honor against the villain, Mark, Mark Mathot. Like, oh, my God. Actually, I thought took a few L's. I saw John Abbott afterwards and I said, Hey, I was uh just I was just having a little fun asking how you slept the night before and if you got zapped by the bed sheets. And he's like, Oh, no problem. I was at the Delta. And actually, I'm gonna give a shout out to Jacques. Uh Jacques Laverne, who is the new GM of the Delta. I saw him at the game last night and had a bit of a laugh with him that when I we asked John Abbott about it, he goes, Well. We're at the Delta. No issues here right now. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a lot of the teams are sitting there as well. All right. That's uh, just about time for marbles. Folks, if you just got in here, hit that red subscribe button. Give us the thumbs up. Oh, nice to see everyone in here. 230 thumbs up. Thank you very much. Let's see if we can get to 250. Um, and we're going to drop the marbles very soon. If you haven't already, exclamation mark marbles in the chat. We'll get you a marble. And again, what we are playing for today, the top three podium finishers first second and third we'll all get a marble in the championship race next friday and next friday thanks to the great support of our friends at consolidated supply we are going to be giving away a pair of 2023 winnipeg blue bomber season mm -hmm. tickets the unfinished business tour as our final act of 2022 so uh get in there right now if you haven't already exclamation mark marbles yeah hold Remo on Hold on, I'm having a problem here with the Ooh. marbles. I didn't capture any of the entries. Might have to redo this. I've been too have busy. You I've been have too you busy closed yet. the uh, closed the chat? The uh, or is it still just open? Uh, what the H? Might have to redo all this. Uh oh, I mean, like people people have to enter again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, this has happened before. So go through the lines. I'm going to have to redo. All right. So do we need to tell people that they have to put in marbles again? Yeah, they will. Let me try this again. All right. The raffle has been canceled, everybody. But now it's started again. I don't think it's working again. Um, Shoot. Okay. I've had this before. I should have been checking to make sure they were coming in. One sec. But they weren't. But they, they were weren't. not. They were not. All right. Well, we try and figure this out. Let's get to our cool bet lines for tonight. Don't forget, big lock shop coming up in an hour. Super mega week 16 show with our Thursday night picks, the best bets, the Monday night pick, as well as our partner parlay, which we've just locked in earlier. And we'll see what number we get from our good friends over at Cool Bet. Uh, all right, let's take a look at these lines. And, uh, oh, I see we've got a little line movement in this Thursday nighter between the Jags and the Jets. The Jets are now one-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I actually think I got them at plus a half a point last night, which is interesting. Uh, the total on this game is 36-and-a-half. Very, very low. Jets obviously have a great defense. The Jets' offense has been putrid with Zach Wilson as the quarterback, although... He was winning games before he lost the job to Mike White. No Mike White tomorrow. 
So it's going to be Zoomer Zach going up against Trevor Lawrence in the Jags. Huge game for the Jags as they are just one game back of the Tennessee Titans in that AFC South. Um, got the Detroit Lions, two and a half point favorites over the Panthers. The Bills, eight and a half point road favorites in Chicago against the Bears. The Cleveland Browns, three-point home favorites, and that's even money. You probably get them at, what, oh, minus 127. Ah, that's going to be a field goal game. Cleveland, three-point favorites, home against the New Orleans Saints. Chiefs laying nine and a half at home against the Seahawks. The Vikings, <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone's ever going to bet the Vikings to cover a spread again, but they will take them on the money line. Vikes are four-point favorites against the Giants, and yes, 190, minus 192 to win the game. Bengals and Patriots, minus three for Cincinnati on the road in New England. Uh, the Titans and Texans going at it. Titans need to win to uh, stay on top of the AFC South. Tennessee's four-point favorite against Houston, who's actually had two pretty strong games against Dallas and Kansas City the last couple of weeks. The Niners, love the Niners these days. Can't get them enough on uh, spreads, totals, whatever. Seven-point favorites against uh, another team that I do like left-hand up for the Washington Commanders. Uh, by all accounts, it sounds like Jalen Hurts is not going to be playing this weekend, although Nick Sirianni hasn't confirmed it. But the spread tells you that it is because the Dallas Cowboys are five-point favorites against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Raiders and Steelers go at it in Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve. Pittsburgh minus two-and-a-half-point favorites. Packers plus four in Miami to take on the Dolphins who just had that rough three-game road trip, losing all three. The Denver Broncos, two-and-a-half-point road favorites against the Rams, who just finished off that loss in Green Bay. Tampa and Arizona, game that was six points earlier today. It is now seven-and-a-half. I don't know how anyone could back Tampa Bay against anybody as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite the way they've been playing, but uh, I guess Arizona now with Trace McSorley at quarterback would be that team. Uh, and geez, I see we don't have the number for the Monday nighter right now, but that final game of the week is going to be the uh, Chargers and the Indianapolis Colts. And it looks like at least ESPN has the uh, number at uh, Chargers minus four and a half. So we'll get to all of those a little bit later on. There's your update for what the lines are. Now, National Hockey League, very busy night tonight. Not quite as busy as yesterday, but I guess quite close. Tampa and Detroit. Tampa's minus 149 on the road. Devils and Panthers. Panthers just got pumped. Would they give up seven last night to Boston? Minus 134 for the Panthers at home. Devils plus 113. Paul Maurice, unfortunately, is on the naughty list of many a Panthers fan right now. They're not pleased. Colorado Avalanche, minus 284. Big favorites against the Habs. Predators minus 189 against the Chicago Blackhawks. That's in Chicago. Oilers and Dallas Stars. Oilers plus 125. Dallas minus 147 at home. And the Wild and Ducks, despite being on the road, Wild a huge favorite, minus 287. And the Vegas Golden Knights coming off that loss to the Buffalo Sabres at home look to get right against the Coyotes, minus 295. And, uh, Puck line of minus one and a half if you are so inclined to get to that. If you haven't played at Cool Bet before, use the promo code WST for all 
your uh, music WST, excuse me, when you're making your first deposit for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit and join us at four o'clock on the lock shop, subscribe on YouTube, get in for that thousand dollar giveaway and uh, for everything going into the weekend. All right. What's the status with uh, with our marble race today? Yeah, some, something is wrong with um, Streamlab that it's not um, automatically, you know, you set it so you type exclamation marbles and it collects all, all the names for me so I don't have to type them in manually, which we used to do. But um, it's not giving me the people who are typing it. So someone wrote in chat that... Um, that they were, and they thought they were having problems. Uh, so we could postpone and do it tomorrow. You can give me like I don't know, I try to figure out another way to collect the names on the fly. Hmm. Yeah. This is um. Well, know. let's just take a look at the calendar here, because we have three races left, and we're doing what are we doing shows next week? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Good. Good time to announce that we're not doing a show uh, Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. There's a little bit of a break. I mean, Christmas and New Year's are a boxing here on the weekend. Or I guess, no, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. So we'll be off like most people <clears throat> Monday, Tuesday. Jets will be playing on Monday or uh, yeah, on Tuesday night. So we'll be back Wednesday with the show post-Minnesota ahead of the Vancouver game. I guess I guess our other option is, and I think that if we can't do a marble race today, we need to make it up to the people. Mm -hmm. So what I'm thinking is that we obviously do the marble race tomorrow, which would be qualifying race number 10. We would do marble race on Friday, which would be qualifying race number 11. Now that was supposed to be the final race we could actually add another race next week on the Wednesday and a last chance qualifier on the Thursday and essentially do marbles every day up until the final race on the Friday. Thoughts on that? Or can I hear you? Are you talking? Uh, I, you know, I gotta be honest, like I wasn't listening. So whatever you want, I'm trying to see if I can get a, a quick extra thing going. So, um, I'm sure whatever you thought um, was good. Well, I was just saying that we could add in races on Wednesday and Thursday next week. Oh, we weren't going to do that. Well, if we were. Like, Friday was going to be the final race. If we can't do one today, we definitely have to do an extra one. Mm -hmm. If not two extra ones, because we were also going to potentially do something on social media or whatever for that final. But I, I wouldn't have an issue with doing two more races. Yes. I don't know why it's not. So let's do the top six. I'd rather do two races and do three each than just do the top six in one race. I don't know. The more races, the better. Gregory Liverpool likes likes the idea. Hus for mayor. Boba Jet's down with it. Hus, have you lost your marbles every day? Todd, Todd, come on. MC Stormy, yeah. If it works, well, it'll work tomorrow. We Hopefully. can do, again, test it. we could do the top six, but I mean, next week, I wouldn't mind having a couple last chance qualifiers. Oh. 
to do it. Oh, you figure out what it is? I can get an alternate one. Hold on, hold on. I know there's okay. people in here want, watching us troubleshoot. This yeah, gotta, this gotta is be, this is the uh, the what brilliance I don't, of yeah. live operations. Well, when the, you're including alternate technology like marbles on stream. Yeah, I'm I'm close to getting an alternate uh, way to collect the name. So hold on. Okay, yeah. I do not want to do a top six in any of the races. If we have to do another one, I'd rather do two races on if we have two days to do them, which we would next week. But you know, everyone's here. There's 381 Marvel fans frantically waiting to see if we can fix this. So uh so we'll see whether we can do it. We'll wait for an update from the CTO. Anybody got some picks for me tonight? NHL? Just went through these. I had a nice one last night. Two gamer. Jets, money line, flames, puck line. I think it was plus 308. Only had one. And I'm back up into, you know, why don't we do this? Let's take a quick look at the uh, at the leaderboard because I think had a nice little performance last night. Yes. Better than 99.55%. And my 550 total has got me up to 50th or 51st right now. No, it's pretty good. And I know I got a, a, an email. I should give a shout out to this individual, Mark Plett. And Mark came up to me at BP last week after the Jets game and said, hey, big fan of the lock shop. Thanks for the picks. I've been tailing you. And uh, I also am into the top. 100 on cool bet on the cool bet leaderboard so wow shout out to you mark and uh, everyone that has been riding it has been a crazy week i can't guarantee the results to continue the way they have so far this year but i certainly hope we can and uh i'm gonna need to find those out very quickly because we got to get these picks locked in before we get ready with the lock shop coming up at uh, at 4 p.m and while i guess we're killing a bit of time here's that link again for all you youtubers do us a favor, hit that link, pop over, give us a sub. Cigars for everyone. Welcome to Supporter. What up, Cigars? Thanks for the support. Great mm. to have you on board. As a member of WST, greatly appreciate the support. Let's go live back to the CTO office and see if we have some sort of an update. Michael Remus. Yeah, I think Anything? I got it. So just type it in now. Okay, so now we're good? Go yeah. for marbles? Yeah, now we're good. Now we're good. All right, people, it sounds like the uh, brains of the operation has figured out a way to make this happen. No guarantees, but we're going to give it our best shot. Exclamation mark marbles in the chat right now. Do it again if you did it before. We're not sure what uh, what exactly happened, but it does sound. Uh, do you have any uh, anything to add to this, Remo, as to how prepared we are and will this work? Yeah, it's going to work. I think it should collect everyone. Um... I had to get a different bot, basically. And I set it up, and it's collecting all the names. We've got 135 coming in, 130. I'm looking at ho the hockey tonight. I had a great night last night uh, on the Daily Fantasy. Shout out to Connor, Gagne, Morrissey, and Dubois. Did you take big save, Dave? No, I, I uh, chickened out. I couldn't take I had Hellebuck ready to go. You probably would have won if you had big save, Dave. In. I probably Actually, the goalie who I should have taken is this Carolina rookie goalie. And I don't know. He, I don't. He probably is not going to be on your waiver wire anymore. But I picked him up in fantasy. Pyotr Kochetkov. Yeah, Kochetkov. He signed a deal too. Um, yes, he signed the the contract. And uh, actually, 
Edmonton locked up uh, Stuart Skinner to a contract too, but I think he's got. Oh my po- guy, Stewie Skins, two point six mil by three. Pochetkov, he's got points in like ten straight games. Uh, he's he's on a bit of a heater, and I don't know when Freddie Anderson's coming back, but I feel like they're not they're not like waiting for him. They're like, take your time, Freddie Anderson. We got yeah. uh, Piotr Kochetkov. He's he's pretty hot right now. Uh, longest point good. streak, ten game point streak. Uh, for a rookie, like sixth longest. So it's quite a list of rookies on this one. Not too bad. All right, gang, again, if you missed it, we had a bit of an issue with the collecting of the names. Exclamation mark marbles in the chat if you want to be in the qualifying marble race. Next Friday, the top three marbles from this race and all of our qualifying races will be in for the grand prize of 2023 Bomber season tickets. Um, great to see everyone. I see Bravo Bry's in, Wade Wilkin, Jedi Tom, Fertani. You guys are good. David J. Smith, Joey Pankhue's talking about AEW. Oh, yeah, AEW tonight as well. 7 p.m. TSN 2. For those of you that maybe want to get into it before the big event with Jericho and the boys here on the 14th of March, do not miss it. Always entertaining. AEW Wrestling tonight. Uh, okay, marbles. We get going. Oh, Bailey Weeb. Bailey dropped in some picks here. Bailey's got the Devils over the Panthers. I don't mind that at plus one thirteen. I like Lightning that. beat the Red Wings. I can definitely ride with that. Abs beat the Habs. Preds beat the Hawks. Oilers beat the Stars. Bailey, I think I might take a few of your picks and make a parlay tonight. Devils, Lightning, Oilers. And I'd like all those teams to win, too. It'll be a fun to... Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to take your Coyotes pick over the Golden Knights, although I did, did see you do LOLs on both. Coyotes, Ducks, Parley would pay you a lot. Uh, but those will be the picks later Man. on. All right, la- last call for marbles, everybody. Uh, again, if you haven't already, quickly put it in there, and then we'll uh, finish this up and get it right in for our marble race for the qualifying. And again, apologies for the... Uh, yes, sir. We've had some tech issues today. Feinberg craps out That's in true. the middle of the interview. And now Michael Remus's collection abilities for the marble race were paused for 10 minutes or so. Yeah, and a lot of hair. A lot of lopsided games tonight. Uh, you got Nashville, Chicago. Chicago looking absolutely awful these days. Minnesota, Anaheim, who played last night and were lifeless. Uh, against LA and uh, see the other one Arizona in action too although they got the goalie so that seems like they can win win any game and I got Dallas over Edmonton and I, I think Edmonton they're pretty leaky on defense and have a lot of injuries and they're on the road they're gonna win one of these games they lost in OT to uh, Nashville and that was coming off that home loss to the Ducks just like to find those teams when they pop on the road at plus money and that could be it maybe I'll Take Edmonton off the parlay and put Vegas puck line. Do it. I think hey. Vegas comes back with a big, big performance after losing in reg to Buffalo last or earlier this week. Do whatever you you want to do. Uh, Oilers seem they're pretty leaky at defense. That's what I think. I'm going to take Bailey's New Jersey pick. Anyways, all right, we closing it up. We're going to get this going. Did I close them up? We got 215 people in here. Yeah, we've made everyone wait long enough, for sure. We're over 200. We're good to go. Okay. All right, so we'll lock those in. 
And I got yeah, the, we got a new theme song today. Yes. Are we ready to play that? Yeah. I mean, I can play it. Sure. Perfect. All right, folks. Tristan Rivers continues. This might be the best part of the entire 12 Days of Marvels the fact that he keeps on serving up new versions for our listening enjoyment of the ever popular Marbles theme song that I know Remus and probably many of you sing to yourselves as you're walking around your house outside of WST hours. Here it is, the latest version for the Marbles Tournament of Champions from the Tristan Rivers Music. All right. What did you think there? My first inclination was like a Blink-182, one of those pop yep. punk bands. Exactly. Blink-182 uh, was it. I see a lot of people uh, in chat with it. It's funny because we had Green Day before, which is also like a 90s punk. But that's that's a bit different kind of punk than this one. I did feel like I was in an American Pie uh, movie scene with that playing. <laughs> So oh, when he says, I see a, a lot of shout out to Tom DeLong. Now, I'm not a big blink guy, but is Tom DeLong has he stopped trying to um, discover aliens? And is he back with the band for uh, this tour that they're uh, they're going? I on? think they're all together. Yeah, the Colorado Avalanche reunited them. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that and the fact that I guess are, are is Blink 182 now? Is that considered classic rock? Are they oh. old enough? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope. I'm dating everybody while we're here. All right. That was a lot of fun. Tristan, you were the best. Shout out to Candace as well. Man, this has been so much fun. All right. Uh, we've got, geez, another a big race over 200. Thanks for your patience for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, what are we thinking of today? Shattered. Are we doing Shattered Dreams? Is that good? That's one? the Gold Dust one. I think that's like crazy. That's, uh, no, let's. Uh, Let's go down. What did we do last night? Yesterday we did the slopes, which was yeah. wild. We've done the Temple of Steve. What's hop, skip, and a jump? Oh, that could be. Uh, what about the? Have we done the robotic roadway? Did we? Or um, rusty remnant? I think rusty remnant's good with a lot of uh, elements. I don't know if we've done the robotic roadway before. Let's uh, let's see what we got there with this one. All right, everyone. Again, appreciate your patience. We've got here. Sure, oh. I'll do this. Wow, I don't know. I don't know if we've done this one before. Looks kind of crazy. Oh, all right, everyone. <laughs> What's what is this? Okay, I, I don't know, but we're here. Three marbles. Top three marbles will qualify. For next Friday's Tournament of Champions grand finale for Bomber Season tickets. Thanks again to Consolidated Supply, CTE.ca. Check them out. Pop by and see them. 1395 Niaqua Road East. Spicy, Joe, Buck, Gino, my guys. 
Thanks again for the support. All right, we've heard from Tristan Rivers. We've taken enough of your time. Let's finish off the show and qualify our top three marbles for the championship race in the Tournament of Champions. Let's go. My mouse disappeared, but I found it. <laughs> Here we go. I like, uh, how do you feel about the Plinko starts as opposed to the funnels? Uh, That's a good question. I think I like the funnel better. They take, they, this was pretty quick. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Doobie. Doobie and Ryan Kibbins with nice starts. Oh, some okay, of them are just going see, right off. <laughs> some of them are going right off. Some of them get raised up to the next level. Kibbins and Jeff Dirksen looking good. There's a few different ways you can go. And I think it's pretty clear that some are better than others. Although... They're still lying. Now, who we got here? I think there's the potential for major, major chaos at the end. These hammers can knock people out for sure. <laughs> this one was crazy. Like, right up the start, if you took a wrong turn, you were done. Yeah. There's a we're big seeing jump a few here. More people. Rocked out. Patrolman Pete. Whoa. Doobie. Steven Dubienski. Do I think Doobie just vanished into midair. Okay. Here we go. Jeremy Nickerson. Someone's going to get thrown from way back into the pot. I can just already feel it. Who's this one? Oh! Boom! Who was that? Free Oleg. Free Oleg. <laughs> Oleg. Oleg not thrown over the top rope. Oleg thrown into the box. All right. Free Oleg is in. Pie Boy. Has Pie Boy qualified I think already? He's, he's qualified, so he'll get All the right. t-shirt. That means that means we're gonna do a uh, a fourth for uh just we'll confirm a pie boy, but I believe our fourth marble is gonna qualify as well. Who is it going to be? It looks like it's gonna be Mikey McBike. Mikey McBike face? Mikey McBike face, yeah. Oh, Mikey McBike face, excuse me. I believe, isn't that a local beer? Didn't they make one of those? Yeah, it's Mikey McBike face, yeah, I think so. Wow, what a what a story. What a moment. Free Oleg coming out of nowhere. Oleg, of course, one of the... I mean, listen, he's much like I am in the Kenny and Rennie song. Mm -hmm. Oleg is in the Marble song for previous acts but Oleg has reformed free Oleg has taken over and Oleg is in so Remo just confirmed pie boy is already in uh I'm pretty sure pie boy has oh no Let's so he hasn't he won the tickets he won the tickets so he actually isn't my bad he said he hasn't qualified uh okay okay sorry about that there um Mikey McBike face yeah, yeah. So sorry, we we made a mistake there. Yeah. Um, okay. So our winners today: Free Oleg, Pie Boy, and Twenty Two Canuk. Uh, guys, Oleg, Pie Boy, Canuk, send us a quick email with your contact information, so we've got you locked and loaded for the Tournament of Champions next Friday. Make an appointment. Put it in your phone. You will be there with 41 other marbles battling for supremacy in the marble race. I will say this. I think because of the delay today, and we still have been thinking about how to do the extra the extra marbles, there is a good chance. Make sure to join us on the show tomorrow, or sorry, next week, Wednesday, Thursday. 
probably for an additional race for those final three marbles. There it is. What a story. Free Oleg getting it done, qualifying today for the marble race. All right, Canuck 22, Pie Boy, Oleg, hit us up, and uh, you're in for next Friday. Congratulations. Um, that is going to do it for us, gang. We got to get out. Don't forget Lock Shop coming up in half an hour right here on our new YouTube channel. There's the link. Kindly, if you're here from the Marble Race, click on that. Subscribe to the channel. Join us at four. And thank me later because all we've been doing is firing out winners. You too can have Qatari Reals all over the place if you follow our picks on the lock shop. Five Qatari Reals. That's, I think, about two bucks. Um, Remo, anything else on our way out other than thanking the listeners for their yeah. patience and uh, hanging with us today? I'm just really appreciative that everyone, nobody, not many people left as we worked out those technical issues and the right. new bot I put in, I saw it immediately like timed out Bailey and Tico Nepali. So that was an accident. That was collateral damage of the new bot. So I, d I disabled it. Oh. So my apologies if you got, uh, timed out, timed out. Okay. Hey, folks, uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, join us, 2.45 for registration. Uh, tomorrow should be a good show. Uh, who's on tomorrow? Ruwiki? Yeah, Ruwiki. we got to work on some other stuff. But Ruwiki uh, right now. Excellent. We'll talk, talk and hopefully get someone from Boston, tee up the, uh, the game. I mean, listen, what a season that the uh, Boston Bruins have had so far. So we'll get ready for these final two games. We'll do another Marlboro race. Maybe a little NFL talk before that big, I can't believe I'm saying it, but it is a big Jets-Jags game tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. Thanks to John Shannon. Make sure to check that interview out if you missed it. Murata Tesh, Jeff Feinberg, and all of you for making this a part of your day. And, of course, the sponsors that help us bring this show to you Monday to Friday, live at 1 p.m. on YouTube and afterwards in your podcast feed. Folks, have a great Great afternoon and evening, and we'll see you tomorrow to set up the Jets and the Boston Bruins right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.